Ready? Two. Uh, uh. Hello, Pete Dominic. How are you, buddy? Hey, Joe Rogan. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. Psyched to be here. Psyched to be in California. Psyched to be sitting across from you. Psyched to have you. You're, you're a free man now. I'm, uh, I'm, You've escaped yourself from the, <laughs> the shackles of uh, satellite radio. The, sh- the shackles of corporate media. Yeah, man. That's, see, that's the thing about dedicating so much time to a company like that. They can just get rid of you. And then you don't have a connection to all those fans. You have to reestablish a connection. It's been an amazing experience in the last, what, four weeks since it happened to try to... First of all, I watched my funeral play out publicly because I had a huge community of listeners for 12 years that I created right. that I was trying to respond to all of them. And I, you know, you can't say, I still can't share like certain details, right? How and much time did they give you before the show was ended? The, sh- the show, basically, they told me after the show that it was the last show. And then they let me have like a, uh, they said I could do a last show, but instead I was just like, let me just record a message. I don't want to, I don't so want to So you go. didn't know until the day of. I had a pretty good idea. I had a pretty good idea. Do they have ratings? Like, I do don't they... think so. If they did, I think I'd probably be in pretty good shape. I mean, like, it's a long story, but the show I was doing was pretty special. Like, it was really helping people. And we were enlightening. It's kind of like what you do here. I mean, that's why I love what you do here. You people learn. They, they get enlightened. They get entertained. They, you make people a better, better people through this show. The, the contribution that you make, that's what I was doing. We were three hours every day talking about issues, talking about uh, struggles that people are having, and it was rewarding and challenging and satisfying, and I had total editorial control. So, you know, I can't, I really can't complain. 12 do, years is pretty- Do they pretty, know, though, how many people are listening to any given show? Not that I ever know. Not that I ever not know. That, that it was ever, ever shown to me. And See, that is a weird thing. That's a thing that you have with Netflix as well. You know, like if you do a special with Netflix and, yeah. and they go, we really like it. It's great. But they don't they, share it with you. Yeah. And you go, well, how are the ratings? They go, we're really happy. Well, what does that mean? We're really, really happy. <laughs> that's like that's like when you first started doing comedy and, and you came off stage and your friends were like, you looked confident. No, it's worse than that because you don't, you like business decisions can be made based on what kind of downloads you're getting. Right, if you if people if Netflix says, "Hey, you know, four million people downloaded your right. sh- your comedy special. They really loved it. We're really happy. Let's do it another." It doesn't one. make any sense for the company to have the information and the host not to have the information. Why wouldn't you share it so that everybody has? They don't want you to bargain with them. Well, it's they don't every, want any, you to negotiate. Yeah, well, that, I mean, the best thing about being fired is you don't have to worry about being fired. Yes, and so you can do your own thing. And increasingly, I think people are taking advantage of that like you, you if you're at a network you have to have a million people listening or watching to keep the ratings up to sell advertising and you're only making just so much money if you launch your own thing the way you have and so many other people have you're gambling with everything which is what i'm doing now with with podcasting which is really an original thing to do and uh, a very difficult way to make money but if you do if you're good then you control it all yeah you can do it it's like if you've done a serious show and you developed an audience and that's something you definitely did do three hours live every day you yeah. can you can definitely do the same thing on a podcast you I just have to right. t- no you can it's like my family's relying on it <laughs> well you have comedy too <laughs> yeah but it's you absolutely can do it and it's just one of those things where i see people doing the corporate route and I'm like, man, I get how you needed to do that 15 years ago. You don't need to do that now. That's that's a bad decision now. Where it was a good decision, like, hey, you got a serious gig 15 years ago. Like, yeah. wow, that's yeah. awesome. I think you're absolutely right. It's just it's terrifying 
Mm. You know, it's always there's always pros and cons. You work for a company, no matter what you do. You're working for some. You have a place to go. They control all of the. Uh, in, in our case, in media's case, the the promotion, the marketing, the legal. Yeah. They hire producers to work for you, and so on. And so there's a certain level of comfort there. But at the same time, you got to answer to these people. You got to deal with these people. And frankly, you know, you're more talented than a lot of the people that you're working with. And you have all these ideas and these inspirations. And you know, they're either going to say yes or no to them. And when you're on your own, you just put the wheels on them and go. Yeah. Well, I remember last time I went to serious offices went to the you know the the studios i was upstairs and i was like there's too much money here this is this costs too much money like there's too many people here this you see these fucking people wearing suits like what does that guy do i guarantee you he doesn't do fuck all (laughs) that guy doesn't have anything to do with whether or not this show's any good and all you have to do is press a button and get it out there so there's all these people making decisions about well we got marketing and this and that and i'm gonna make sure we hit the right demographic i feel like that's the way i've worked at cnn i worked at msnbc i worked at fox i feel Mm. like that's corporate media or corporate america where you, you you have to wonder how much work and how much value each person is bringing to whatever their job is it's i always want to know but it's they're goofy serious is very goofy they offered me a great deal zero money really zero i feel like you might have told me that before zero I zero money it's the most hilarious deal ever we'll put your show in the air and we'll give you zero like oh that sounds good <laughs> i don't even know i don't even when was that i mean at that point fucking recently really yeah 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 they're hilarious. How did you, what did you do? I didn't do anything. I don't talk to anybody. I mean, it's right, all right. done through managers and agents. Right, right, and right. I say no to everything. So I was like, it was I, easy to say no to I them, always but. did everything directly myself. Oh, I could that's never, a terrible idea. I, I could never allow somebody, I never felt like anybody could sell me the way I could sell myself. Oh, dude. Then you have to think about selling yourself. And you, have Which, to th- you can't, it takes any, the way, this is, I mean, for people listening to this podcast regularly, I'm sorry. I apologize for repeating myself, but the way I look at everything, and this is something I've done over the last, really cultivated over the last 10 years but really specifically focused on over the last couple is i look at thinking as bandwidth i only have say if you have a hundred units of thinking whatever the fuck you have to what you're involved in to have this negotiation or sell yourself to this and sell yourself to that and talk about this and you know and pitch your ideas to this person that person that's taking away time that you could be working on your other shit creating i I, yeah i don't have any time for that i have zero time i allocate zero bandwidth for selling myself zero bandwidth for doing other but have you always have you always done that did you were you that way at the start because i mean you're you're so big now i can and anybody can understand that you can do that i never sold myself i always had an agent and a manager really i've had the same manager since i was an open micer really yeah who jeff sussman oh wow i know jeff sussman Yeah, yeah wow Huh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's you're a loyal guy, too. Well, he's awesome and you know, we, we, he's family and we we've, we've been together since 1990. Yeah, I feel that way about my agent one? too, but I just like yeah. Conan Smith, he's a, like one of the few guys I met in this business that I really always liked and he didn't seem like he's part of this business, but he'd always be like, "What's next?" Yeah. And I'd always say tomorrow's show because every three-hour live show we talked about everything from tax right. policy to depression to environmentalism to anything politics, parenting, and so it was really challenging to do that and to prepare for all these interviews with these smart people. And then I wanted to go home and be with my girls. Like I, I had an amazing work-life balance, and I feel like so most people never find that they never mm. understand it. I found it and I kept it for a really long time, which is what's scary to not have that. I've been working you know, my ass off since the day I left. Sirius XM and went right into a meeting. 
and have been on the phone ever since. Reached out to you and everybody I knew. I said, hey, you know, what, what can I do? But it's not, it's not balance. You know, I haven't seen my girls. I haven't seen my garden. So I'm excited to hopefully get back to that, to some semblance of that. But most people don't have that. And I think, right. I think finding, because you get, you get so ambitious, especially as a guy, I feel like, if you're a breadwinner especially, it's just work, 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 support your family. If you've got a family, there's ego, there's money, and you just keep going. But then you realize there's got to be enough. You have to, in my opinion, you have to have an idea of enough. And I got there. And that's when I, you know, I, I just would work and then I would shut that down. I would still doing as much comedy as I could, but that that definitely fell by the wayside because the show, it was up at 4.30 in the morning. I was, you know, done by two and then it was, I turned right. it off. Well, the good I, I thing to. is you can do your show, if you do a podcast, you can do it from wherever you live. Right. You can do it close by. You can either rent an office space or you can do it in your fucking garage. You can do it yeah. anywhere. Especially when you, your kids are at school, you could do it. Yep. You could do it on your terms, you know, you could bank a couple of them, do two or three in a day, yeah. and then take days off. Yeah. But the most important thing, I think, is that you stay independent. We were just talking about that out there. Because there's going to be a bunch of bozos that want you to join their network. Oh, they're and, calling. It's, yeah, they, they take I don't a big know chunk. They, I don't know what what the offers are. I don't know what the deals are. But it's like, why? Why I have, I've just started doing this podcast. You've like, already what, been through what that is. I've got a, a, like a, a great community of, of, of listeners who are like family to me. They're all, they've all been so supportive. You're like, let me just try to test that out. Definitely test that out. How active are you on social media? I'm try. I try to be as active as I can. I'm not that's great Im- at it. Well, I don't that's love important, it. though, that you have some sort of engagement so you can tell oh, people yeah. where you're going. Yeah, definitely you know? doing that. But I mean, you don't want to be too wrapped up in it because, again, bandwidth. It's going to suck up a lot of your time. And right. Like, you know, for a lot of people, it's a giant distraction. Yeah, you know, I don't. Just, I don't. That's why I'm, I feel, when I say I'm not that good at it, it's because I feel like it's a distraction. It seems like a healthy. very as a creative person, it's interesting. It's an interesting outlet, and there's a lot of creative people who are great on Twitter. But I don't think in terms of what's a great tweet or I should tweet right now or put this up on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, c- c- comics, artists do this because they love to create. They love to perform. They don't love to promote right. what they're doing. Nobody really likes that. Some people do and some people are great at it, but it's usually not why you get into it. At the same time, if you don't do it, I mean, there's a lot of great comics who don't promote themselves. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of bad comics, if we're talking about comedians, if we're talking about any performer, who are great at promoting themselves. Right. They're and usually, I usually fall exclusive. somewhere in between. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. People that are really good at promoting usually are not that good. Because they spend so much time promoting and yes. they're trying to get famous and trying to get successful as opposed to wor- doing the work, writing they're the jokes, performing. They're also super conscious of how they appear to people. You know, they're super conscious and, and like they're, they're trying to cultivate an image. They're trying yeah. very hard at I can't at that. be bothered with that. It's not good for you. I mean, so, I know so it works, but I can't. To go back to like what your deal was at Sirius, like when you were there, like, so they don't they don't give you any indication of what kind of numbers you're pulling in. Mm-mm, not so really. Any indication of how many people are listening to your show? It was hard to know. And did you see the phone volume, you see the phones lock up, you see, you know, social media is not really a good measurement because the vast majority- Were you majority, getting people to follow you? Were you saying on the show, hey, follow me on Twitter, yeah, follow but, me on Instagram? Yeah, but what's interesting, I don't want to disparage SiriusXM, not because they gave me a good, you know, exit deal, I guess, but because it almost seems- um, inauthentic because they, they gave me five contracts which created an amazing life and an amazing community. Like, I'm so grateful to what I had there. But yes, certainly, uh, the, the problem, I suppose, is you're, you're behind this firewall. Like, this morning, 
one of my best friends lives in Australia. And he's like, yeah, I listen to Joe Rogan. I listen to Rachel Maddow's podcast. Like, they don't have MSNBC there. Right. They can't get Sirius XM necessarily. You can't, I guess, online. The point is, if you're behind that, you're, you're, you're mostly in the car. Right. And I think what I'm trying to say is it's skewed to like 50, 60-year-old affluent men who are in cars, which I was psyched to have every one of them. But I would love to have a lot of young people. Yeah. You know, I'm staying out here with my cousin, and his son is 18, and he found out I was doing the Joe Rogan show, and he's flipping out. But he didn't know what I did at SiriusXM. I, I hate to say this because I'm thankful that Sirius put on Howard and Opie and Anthony and all these comics they had on over the years, but you're better off without it. It's not, it's not where the future is. The future is not in satellite radio. It's just not. It sucks. You go under tunnels, it cuts out. It cuts. I mean, it's just, it's dumb. It's a fucking dumb you know, way. I mean, you can download an entire three hour show in seconds. Yep. If you yep. have a podcast and you, you want, you get it on Spotify or whatever, you download the whole fucking thing right, right. before a plane ride in the airport. I you're in the airport yeah. and yeah. you can go, oh, hey, there's a new Artie Lang podcast. Beep. Yep. Download it. You, while you're fucking waiting for your, your gate to be called, you, you have the podcast, you get on the three-hour flight, you listen to the whole goddamn thing. It's easy. What's interesting is going, I'm really curious to see what you think, but going from live radio and constant interaction with callers, which I love. You, know, you can I'm do a, that. I'm a, to podcasting and just being there alone with the mic and but, you know a guest no you can do that you can i'm have told live i can callers. i'm told i can go live i haven't yeah. figured it out yet I'm no working. you can i got a great group of people that are working with me amazing people have come out of the crowd the greatest thing has been how people have shown up like people from my life like 15 years ago 20 years ago phone just ringing text is coming i know i haven't taught you and saying kind of just what you're saying you're better off you're you know one door closes but more importantly just people talking about how you change their life and how they can't wait to see what you do next is an amazing amazing feeling like if you if you do that with one person your cup is full yeah. to have an audience of people doing that for 12 years it's overwhelming joy and satisfaction to be able to look at my daughters and be like I, I, no matter what happens next, what I what I got to do there and what I did do there on so many tough issues and and helped so many people. That's it, man. I well, could die. Great. I could I could die right now. Well, and don't be die. happy. Don't die. It would be good you for really, me to do it on the show. Though a nice, you, you have a nice past, which is wonderful. But the thing about scary things and the thing about this is that it's an opportunity for growth. It's an opportunity to do something. It's an opportunity to stretch your wings, to really take a chance. And that's how you grow. And I, I appreciate you saying that, and I'm on that same wavelength. And I'm a guy who, who thrives in these situations. Like, I've, I've taken advantage of every room I've been in. I've never been the best comic, the best. I've never been the best at anything, but I've always been gritty. I've always worked as hard, if not harder, than anybody. And now it's interesting because... I've never been in, in this type of situation with a family. You know, that's different when you're single and you're young. Right, right. But I was working that hard and making no excuses and back then doing no drugs, not drinking, everything. It was just about my career and being a good person. I thought if I was a good person, that mattered. And to come to find out, being a good person was the best form of currency. Everybody competing and trying to kill other people in our business or in any other business – to me, I have no interest in that and no attraction to those people. All I want to do is help people, not think just for purposes of altruism, not to be virtuous, just because same reason you are. Being kind is, is the way to be, not putting a knife in someone's back. And when the show ended, it was amazing because people started tweeting things that I had done 
that I never was thought would become public. They were private things. They weren't for, and it was just like days and days of people, you know, I did, I used to do a segment every week called Stand Up With A Veteran for veterans. And like this veterans community came out strong. They're like, what? They let you go. You did so much for us. And I was like, well, I think it's a dying company. I don't think you should dwell on all this. I mean, it's just a dying company. And now you have an opportunity. I mean, it's great that you did all these good things. It's great. I hope, it, I, I don't mean to sound negative. I don't mean to sound like I'm dwelling on it. I'm, I mean to say it was an amazing experience that was afforded to me. I leveraged it. I took advantage of it. I'm really excited. Every day I wake up now, just ideas, 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 hammering, while phone the calls. Show, while you were doing the show, were you under any sort of exclusive thing where you couldn't do anything on the internet? Right. You right. were? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, pretty much. You could, we couldn't do a podcast. You it was direct. No, that was direct competition. Yeah, because uh, do you remember when Anthony from Opie and Anthony, Anthony Kumia had live from the compound? Of course. He was doing this Was that thing. overlapping with Sirius? Oh, yeah. Oh. That's why I started my podcast. Because? Uh, 100%. Because he, was, he had a studio in his basement where he's doing karaoke holding a machine gun. And he was drunk. <laughs> and I was like, what? Was you it could loaded? do that. Oh, I'm, I don't know. It's Anthony. I'm sure it was loaded. Yeah. He's fucking crazy. I know. I always, had a, I always had a great relationship with him, though. I love that guy. Yeah, he's so, one of the funniest guys. Our pal, he liked me because we agreed on nothing, but uh, he, you know, we got along. But he's a genius. I mean, he re really is like- He's a pretty smart dude. A, a, the way he thinks and talks about things, agree with him or don't agree with him, he's a very entertaining guy. I, I love doing radio with him. And um, he had this basement set up where he had a green screen and he- Yes, I remember that. Like a real production table and real right. production mics and he spent all this money on like really high-end stuff. And he and I had a conversation. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just fucking around. I'm having fun. And I was like, wow. I remember thinking about it going, I need to do something like that. And uh, when me and my friend Red Band, when we started it, we yeah. just used a laptop. But I remember thinking about what, what he had set up. So we were just doing like answering questions, talking to people on, you know, like I forget what it was. I guess it was Twitter. It was 2009. It'll be 10 years next month. It's awesome, man. Look but at you. The, but the, <laughs> the inspiration was Opie and Anthony first right. because they, their show was like just a hang. He just, there was not no structure to it. It was just having conversations with people. But then when I saw Anthony have that set up in his basement, I was like, oh, I could do something like this. And by the way, having a studio, and you're, I always thought that was weird because he's all the way out in Long Island. I was like, is that going to work? How's he going to get people out there? It and was I'm hard when the he got fired. Too. When he got fired, it was hard to get people out there. Yeah, I'd imagine. Uh, but like him, I had a, you know, got a big, a vast network and technology has gotten so much better in terms of getting guests. But I mean, I just, uh, y you got to wonder how it's, how it's all going to work and how do you, if, if you're going to go live, there's just so many things it seems to be thinking about how it's going to, what's going to work. Like what works and well, do you know anybody that has a studio that you yeah can yeah maybe they, rent they're all wanting to come do it yeah. yeah as long as you don't but have I was going to say sign. the commute that's what, the commute the fact that he has a studio in, in when I got a studio in my house SiriusXM had me do it early like six and nine a.m. slot for two years and I was like you did it in your house yeah I negotiated I was like you want me to do six and nine a.m. you got to build me a nice studio and they did and that was the richest. I could ever be. A friend of mine's wife works at a college and walks five minutes. That's her commute. I think a commute is almost a definition of your wealth. My body turned to mush when I had to drive into the city an hour each way. Like everything about about a long commute made me feel weaker and, and, and less than. And the idea that you can have a studio in your house it's, or work from home, no matter what your job is, is a pretty sweet deal.
Yeah, the, I think the commute can definitely grind on you, but it also is an opportunity to listen to books on tape. For sure, you, you do some, whatever you can to yeah. be productive and be I mean, positive. Yeah, and you can go uh, two hours early and get an hour workout in before you get there. I did that. There's a lot of good stuff that can come from everything if you look at things correctly. I agree. I I share your outlook. I, I think that one of the things I've been listening to your podcast for years, but like you know, not every episode, not religiously, but since I lost my job, I was like, let me. Let me just start listening to Rogan. And what's really interesting about you, in my opinion, is you're, you are the perfect example of somebody that everybody wants to put into a box and you can't. It's what's wrong with everything in our country and our conversation. It's whatever people think that you are, they're, everybody that I tell that, I, that I'm doing this show, they, say, they have an opinion of you. And then I listen to your show and Here's the, the main takeaway I get from your conversations is that you try to find the positivity in everything. You're like the most positive guy. Whatever you think about any issue or any idea, any opinion you have, you're always being so positive and so helpful. And it, it has been, honestly, in this like trying time, the other thing my dad just had, my, I get fired, my dad had a heart attack, and then a week later, he's on blood thinners. And he faints and bounces his face off a counter, rips his eye open, goes into surgery. Now he can't see out of his eye. And he's a ski instructor and a cyclist and he's a race car driving instructor. And so I'm dealing with that, dealing with my job, dealing with my family, listening to you and a handful of other people just bringing as much positivity to every scenario and situation. And that's my nature too. But it's some days, doesn't matter who you are. You got to peel yourself off the ground, but you know, you can't, I can't let my daughter see me sweat either. Yeah. Well, let them see me vulnerable, but they're not going to see me sweat. Well, you don't have to sweat. You just have to grind. You just have to hustle. Listen, you're, you're a respected guy. You're a very good host of a show. You just have to find a new venue. That's all it is. This is a good opportunity. You're healthy. You know, you don't have anything wrong with you. Mentally and physically, yeah, I, I mean, I've always thought that mentally that I was the happiest, healthiest guy. So it's, it's been a weird thing to not be able to espouse that on people and, and physically i'm yeah. i'm back too I'm, I'm back to training well that's all that's good shit man it's like you just need to find a place the thing about doing it in the city and i know you don't want to live in the city but doing it in the city you can get guests in studio for sure and that is so much better it's so much better why I, do you I've think done, like why do you think that because the way we're talking right now i, I agree but you can't other. look on a camera at somebody no, there's a weird delay like when i was doing it with snowden yeah there's a weird delay. oh yeah but he wasn't even russia or something like that yeah but it doesn't matter it was real time yeah i mean the the actual lag was very minimal what right. do we think the like the the lag was the it russians was FaceTime. It was nothing yeah, right still but yeah nothing but even FaceTime, like when I'm on the road and I'm FaceTiming my family, yeah. it's weird. Like, what did you say? Huh? Oh, okay. Right. You know, so there's a weird thing. I agree with you. I always preferred having people in the studio Fuck, for it's, sure. It's it's 50% better. I feel it like- It might be more. I, I just made up that number. I feel way, like 50%. one cool opportunity is to travel to different places and find the most interesting, articulate oh, yeah. people and do gigs there, do stand up at night, spend a couple of days there interviewing the most interesting people in whatever town that you're in. Oh, 100%. And so that's kind of what I'm doing. The thing doing. about that is you're going to need someone to film if you want to do a video element of it. Here's the thing about a video element of yeah. it. When you, when you talk about... Um, some people don't listen to this podcast. They, they only watch, watch it. it. Right. It's a lot of people. Right. When we first did it, 
the video aspect of it was just an aside. We just we, we did it with a webcam, and then we started putting it on uh, iTunes, and the iTunes was way more popular than the video, which was on Ustream, which was um, it's not. I mean, I don't even know if it exists anymore. Does Ustream exist? It does. Now um, it's YouTube. Though. Now it's YouTube. More you have a it's a built-in platform, right? right? So there's millions and millions of people yeah. are on it, just looking. Yeah, for I shit definitely want to do that. I definitely want to do that. Yeah. But I, I, I'm thinking you're making obviously a lot of good points about where it can be done and what you know what the the best ways to do it. And I've been talking to so many smart people, obviously every day. I mean, my network is is I'm, I'm lucky to have this network of amazing people that are just so kind and generous to give me this advice and honest too. You know, they mm. tell you don't be an idiot, don't right. fucking no, don't do that. You know, it's it's a as a comic, you I think that's that's the way that you think. You want people to be as brutal as they can be with criticism. You don't take it personally. You're just like, okay, yep, I'll take that advice. I'll apply that and change that and tweak yeah. that. Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with getting some constructive or even destructive criticism. Like you uh, just yeah, you, ha- you have to you know you have to have feedback. I mean, it does not always. It, it's not always accurate or correct, but feedback is important, and that's one of the good things about having like one of those uh, talk shows where people call in. You know, that's one of the good things they get to give you some feedback. I love that. One of the bad things is they get to give you some feedback. Fine, that's one of the bad things. Yeah, but so it's always entertaining. Yeah. Like if you, if they shit on me, yeah, it, it was always very entertaining. As a comic, like I, I love heckles. I love anybody yelling out. I, I live for it. Those are my favorite moments. What I like best is one-on-one conversations with people. That's what I like Me best. Too. And that's what I like best to listen to as well. Yeah. And, you know, like when, um, you know, I would listen to Stern, and then when someone would call in, I was like, why are they letting somebody call in? And some guy would yell out, Baba Booey, or talking about sniffing Robin's farts or something like well, that. Well, they would like, just be boring, and you don't want to be rude, but yeah. you have to be. Like, I can't. I'm doing a show here, man. You're it's babbling. it's odd that he would just go to callers in the yeah. middle of a conversation, you know, with some lady <laughs> who's an actress or something. It's just, yeah. I mean, but that's the, the chaos that he sort of cultivated. Well, I think that that's what's the great, the great thing about this show is the people that you get and the interaction, the conversation that you have. And I was trying to do the same thing for, you know, at Sirius. Uh, well, you we were had, doing it. You just were doing it in this walled but, garden with yeah. a bunch of assholes that are running the ship. And doing it for like 20, 25 minutes a piece. I'm always amazed that you and, you know, a handful of other people can sustain like a two-hour conversation. I love that. Yeah, I, anybody I, can. You can do it too. I know. It's, I think I can, but that was never allowed to. There was always, right. th- those rules were always like, like. Cut to commercial, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's you nonsense. had hard breaks. I'm doing a podcast and the other day and I'm like, thanks for tuning in. We're almost out of time. I'm like, you didn't tune in and we're not almost out of time. I can yeah. do whatever the hell I want. Yeah, whatever I want. no such thing I as I can just keep talking. We can just keep talking. Well, the worst thing is presidential debates. You're uh, literally horrible. picking the horrible. person who's going to run the free world, and you have to stop because there's a Palmolive commercial. Is Palmolive even a thing? Or you know, I'm such an old man. Listen, uh, I'm pulling out fucking Palmolive references. I, I think they're usually pharmaceutical <laughs> companies at this point. <laughs> Pfizer. Yeah, so but it's a it's boner pill. The irony person. of them talking about the pharmaceutical companies and then they advertise during the break. But you're absolutely, yeah, it's not real. The, I mean, the presidential debates are so not real, and- all those networks. I mean, my friends produce those things, and it's just yeah. like it's a show. It's it's like well, uh, when you get Bernie, like when I had Bernie Sanders in here, and you get to talk to him like yeah. a real human being. Yes, you go, oh, you're a, you're a human being who cares about people, 
and you have a different perspective on what these people are saying. Your your idea of democratic socialism is not this wacky socialism. It's not a sound where people, bite. Yeah, and it's not this thing where people think you're just going to steal money from hardworking folks and give it to lazy people. That's the worst case. You know, it's stereotype. None of that. It's, it's none, none of that. that. No, it's, that. it's not. We're gonna. We're not gonna privatize no. shoe stores and He's gyms. He's a very thoughtful person. Very and I was talking to his. Uh, because as I told you, I'm thinking very seriously now about also running for Congress. And uh, I was talking to his, I think, deputy chief of staff, a guy named Ari Rabenhoff, great guy. And I was, I was telling him I was doing your show. And he told me that after Bernie Sanders t- did your show, he, everybody was recognizing him. I'm like, really? Like, he reached a whole different demographic talking to you than he ever had before because he's mostly on those cable news shows. He's mostly on terrestrial or, or you know, radio. But when you do these, I, I, what do you even call this now? Non-traditional alternative media? It might as well be mainstream. But the point is, when you have a long conversation with Bernie Sanders and he's not like up there, you know what we have to do? That, you know, all yeah. that shit yeah. is is annoying. You've heard it before. He sits right. down and has a real conversation with you and everybody's like, oh man, that guy's making a lot of good points. Yeah. Well, you got to think of like what is annoying to people. And one of the things that's <laughs> annoying to people is that fucking rapid fire not... Yeah. And healthcare I'm, and Medicare and education should be free. And, blah, blah, blah. and like, they, like people are like, hey, 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 fuck face. I just got off work. Yeah. Okay. Why are you yelling this at... This guy's why are you- annoying and he wants to take my money. Fuck him. And you just press stop. Right. And that's you have to be able to change your cadence, your diction and your commentary. And you have to be able to get questions that are more thoughtful. And that's the thing about all these cable news interviewers and network like they always want to get some headline. And that's the other thing, you know, about corporate media, too. They want you. So I've been in that belly of that beast, Joe, for the last 15 years, corporate, you know, political media. And it's so manufactured. I can tell you so many stories. They call you up and they say, you know, how do you feel about anything? We want to make sure that you're completely the opposite of the other panelists and so that you have a really robust argument. And it's like, not everything is binary. Most things aren't. There's a ton of nuance, a ton of gradation. We don't have to hate each other. That that That's how they get ratings. That's how they sell advertising. I blame most of the problems in our country on corporate media, terrestrial radio, just doing that format all day. It works really well for conservatives, not as well for liberals, but it still works. And they sell ads and a few people make a lot of money, but the country suffers. the, the, The idea that we're so divided is such bullshit. I talk to people from all over the country, travel all over the place. I understand the issues really intimately. And I don't care what you think about anything. There's something you have to offer me. There's something you have to make my life to enrich me. I don't care what you believe on abortion or guns or certain things, because if you could teach me how to fix this engine, I'm into it. I want to learn how to, if you could teach me how to exercise better, but you don't like uh, our trade policies, I don't give a shit what you think about our trade policies. Let's just not even talk about it. Let's talk about the things. And it's trying to get to the the, the root of somebody's soul is what we should all be trying to do. Every day, we should try. What what happened to you that made you think this way? What is the experience? What is your journey? To me, that's the fascinating shit about human beings. Well, one of the things about something like cable 
talk shows or you know news shows or any of these political arenas is that there's a, a lack of real interaction with the general public in terms of like real real conversations with people you you have a host who's wearing makeup who's got spotlights on him and there's a microphone in front of him and he's talking to these other people and there's cameras pointed at them and no one really feels like this is this is not it's a, a normal play. but it's not a normal way of people talking no nobody and, talks like that and rarely you see someone sit down and they like every now and then they have those shows where like it's a one on one like Trump will sit across from fucking what's his name what's that dude's name which network it's a Fox guy. Hannity? No, Dobbs. The other, Dobbs, that guy. Yeah. Who's hilarious. It's, it's funny watching the two of them together. Uh, I mean, Dobbs is lost his mind. He's just kicking that ass and going like just... Uh, he is <laughs> all... He is digging he's way in. But it works. It, he's making... I used to know... I used to be on with that guy, the, the most pleasant guy in the world. But what he's doing, he is... It's so much... It's a North Korean situation. Lou Dobbs, it's like state media. Every night, it doesn't matter... You know, he shall not be questioned kind of guy. Worship the president. It's like, what are you doing? That's not even – but but that's the, the – It's I once got into this long, drawn-out argument with Chris Cuomo, who I like a lot. But I was talking to him about, you know, listen, man, the difference between TV and radio, it's simple. It's And radio, you can have a long form. You can have a 20-minute to two-hour conversation, and it's real, and you get a lot done. On TV, you can have a five-minute conversation. I go, there's so many guests that you have on your show that I have on my show, they're, they're way more, they have a, a, the ability to be thoughtful and nuanced yeah. and, and make points. They can't do that on cable. And now, you know, he's doing a radio show. So good for him. Well, that's what I was getting at is that this separation between the people and then the, the just unnatural environment that they're in, no one can relate to it. What they can relate to is two people just talking to each other. They can't relate to it, Joe, but they also think because they're conditioned to that if it's on a network, this person must be an authority right. and must be intelligent. But I'm here to tell everybody, I was talking about credit default swaps in the financial industry. I have an associate's degree and came up in the New York City comedy clubs. Like, I really didn't have any business talking about that. But the thing is, I could sound really smart for three and a half minutes on anything. Get me to minute five, I can't go that deep on certain issues, and I shouldn't be an authority on it, but just because I'm on cable news with a, a jacket and a shirt, and I'm this guy, people are like, oh, okay, well, I'll believe this guy. Now, it, it's not real. No, it's not real. That's a dying medium, too. Uh, I don't think 20, 30 years from now, that's going to exist in the same Pro form. Shorter than that. Yeah, and then the whole, also the interjection of commercials every seven minutes. The things that they're doing on debates is the same thing they're doing on these other cable talk shows where they're trying to encapsulate these things into these very have quick five-minute sound bites. And Have you ever heard of uh, Intelligence Squared debates? Yes. My friend John Donvan is the moderator. He's, he should be moderating the presidential debates. He's the greatest guy. They have these really well-informed panelists. They have emotion, and they do like two hours. Mm -hmm. And you can come in thinking so often one idea about the issue – uh, and you leave thinking something completely different because you have these very smart people debating with an excellent moderator who doesn't let any bullshit, and you really learn a lot. No commercial breaks, and you can you know listen well, to it. Well, even three people is too many people. Probably. Yeah, it is. It's like if you want to get to know someone, it's a one-on-one -on -one because even with three people, you're, there's moments where you have something to say, and then someone interjects something else, and then you lose your point, and then you don't express it. And then the other person's talking, and you don't know when to talk, and then you find yourself being a little bit more <laughs> right. assertive in the way you're talking because you're trying to get <laughs> yeah, your point yeah, across. Yeah. You feel like I'm you're not nailing it. talking enough. 
And then if there's four people, you're fucked. Like the most <laughs> ridiculous thing they ever do is when they have those seven people panels and one person just oh, starts yeah. fucking f- chiming in and yeah. screaming out loud and they talk over people. And But they're also talking about because I had one foot in cable news for a long time, still do, I mean, I still go on, and then I had my long-form radio show where I would talk to policy experts. It was very, like, the, the t- like right now when they're talking about the polls for the presidential race, is anybody that's paying attention to that is wasting their time. It's a complete waste of time to talk about who's leading in what poll a year away. It's a year away. You could have a terrorist yeah, attack. You could have the economy crash. like it for a game. It's not a game. Okay, but it is a game. If you're watching basketball, do you not pay attention to the first minute of the game? Because it doesn't really matter. What's really important is how many points are scored over the four quarters. Is there four quarters? Of a basketball game, there's, I think I there might be two halves. College, college or pro. But the point is, it's this is a weird game going on. Like Kamala Harris was ahead. Now she's yeah. fucked. Like This is fun. It's fun for people. This is it, half of what it is. I don't. I know it's serious. I know it's significant. I know there's grave consequences to picking the wrong leader. But this is a game, right? But it's a bullshit game because, as you said earlier, the reason why Kamala Harris or anybody else takes a step backwards is because one stupid moment. And how are we possibly picking somebody on With one? Kamala Harris, there's there a bunch of different issues. Sure, yeah, but but, but often, yes. I mean, Howard, Howard Dean. Dean. Yeah. Come on, I mean, have you have you listened to that? Yes. It never gets old. It never gets old. Never <laughs> ever. But it is weird that it is weird that this uh, day and age that that crashed him. Well, given it, everything that honestly, all these other candidates have done and said. Yeah, but honestly, there's probably something else. It's how he responded to that as well. Is like he showed a, a lack of humility or understanding of what it was. Like, yeah, I sounded stupid. That's not what impor- what's important, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah I screamed out. Like, well, when you got a microphone on me, and uh, I get excited, I go, yeah! The, the, I mean, you can also talk just about the ego of the people who are running for these offices. And they don't seem to have an understanding of the idea of ego and what it means and how they should try to separate from it while mm-hmm. using it. Like w- once you get into politics, much less entertainment and you get really well known and famous, you start believing things about yourself that aren't even remotely true. They're well, not at the root. There's certainly some of that, right? Huh? There's certainly some of that. A lot, I feel like they all have that. you're protecting yourself, right? You're, you have an image, you're protecting yourself. Yeah, it's it's a delicate dance that I uh, am completely turned off by. I mean, it, that's I why it's, it's hard to think about like I'm, I was seriously considering running for Congress because you uh, were or are I. It's hard right now because I learned some crazy shit. What'd you learn? Dun dun dun. Uh, first of all, drum roll, please. The the corruption. I live in New York State. Wait a minute, New York State's not corrupt. The New York State. Stop the fucking stop this show. All of, all of you know politics. What? There's levels of corruption, but the, the, in the New York State. Democratic Party, there's always been all kinds of issues. So I be, I met with a whole bunch of really smart people about running for New York 17, which is the district that I live in. Like the day after I lost my gig at Sirius, the woman had been representing that district for 33 years announced that she was retiring. And I was like, well, I got, I got nothing going on. And I've always thought about running for office. And let me, you know, seriously consider it. I reached out to a whole bunch of people from all different walks of life, congressmen that were in office that had been out of office uh campaign coordinators i talked to chris cuomo i talked to a whole bunch of people but there's one person told me that if you want to if you want to win regardless of your party affiliation 
uh, you have to, there's a certain uh, special interest group that you had to promise you wouldn't interfere with and make sure they got an envelope of cash. And I'm like, well, I'm not doing that. I will tell everybody and everywhere I go about that. What is it? I can't because I don't have a second source, so I wouldn't say it. But when I'm, I'm trying to get one to What's prove to that it's it, true. What does it rhyme with? Uh, the special interest group yes. won't do it because it'll just everybody will know, everybody will know, Come and it's on, it's it's dangerous. But the point is, the point is, what's it? The, what's the opposite of that special interest group? Uh, maybe the private sector, right? But what would be like? What what would be? I can't. Like, I will tell you if what I would if be I the get, thing that they're opposed to. What would it be that they're opposed to? Yeah, you what, interfering what with you interfering with the way that they run their show right 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 right. but i'm saying like what what group that we know would be opposed well i could i could tell you it could be a religious group uh, a private sector a union or a company you know a corporate interest it could be any one of those the point is the point now the point is that all of those types of organizations pressure that you have to i'm an honest guy i can't i can't lie I've never said anything into a microphone that I don't, I don't believe. And that's been both to my detriment and to my benefit, I think. I'm authentic. So when I was talking about running for office, my brother's like, you, got, you, can't, you can't lie. You can't be dishonest to people. How are you going to do that? You'll have to sell out at least a little bit. That was the other thing. And then I realized I'm not sure that this district or you know the country is ready for someone like me. I'm a comic. I've said a billion things on TV, into a microphone, and on stage. And we're in a humorless country right now number one i smoke pot like are they ready for for the are we there yet i don't think we're humorless i disagree i think there's a lot of criticism going on but that's because there's a lot of policy do you think i agree with you overall but i mean for politicians for me to run for office and you see some stand-up bit i did or something and then my opponent's playing that out of context dude i got five words for you grab them by the pussy that guy's the president. I think he is an aberration. <laughs> I do. I don't think there's anything I, else that can well, get away with I that think, kind of stuff. I think you're probably right. He's definitely an aberration. But uh, I just Al think- Franken won as a senator as a comedian, but he was a writer. Like there yes. wasn't a ton, of, and he got in trouble when there was a photo of him. I've said, well, it's more than a photo. There was actually all the allegations, but the but the photo, yes. you know, perception. Pol- politics is perception, and and whatever people see, it's different than what they hear and what they believe. And so that's the point. That photo was harmless, but it looked bad, just like any joke I've said or anything that I've said out of context. So I just feel like, and then I thought that it, you know, I. They could destroy me and any future earning potential that I could have. I just, the second episode of my podcast, I interviewed Tim Ryan. You know who he is? He was mm-hmm. running for president. Because I was asking him, what does it take? And it's, first of all, you got to run, you got to raise a million dollars from people and individuals you don't like, you don't want to uh, be affiliated with, but you have to. You got to make them promises that the, the whole system is so filled and corrupted with money in almost every district and every state, regardless of the office. And, how do you? How does a person? I'm a fairly affluent guy. I'm a white straight guy. Whatever. But I couldn't. I don't know how I can afford to apply for a job for a year and pay my mortgage. So I want to do it if it looks feasible, uh, and if I don't have to take care of my family, my parents, uh, not to mention you know pay my bills. Uh, but it's you have to be an independently wealthy person, which sucks because reg- it makes it much harder for regular people, there's plenty of exceptions, to run for, for office. Now, when you say that you had to give them 
a, an envelope and that you had to what did you have to do? Did you have to support them? Through intermediaries. You have, to, you have to say, basically, you have to basically say, I'm not going to interfere with your business. We'll just look the other way. You which had is, to say that. Like, that's like, what I'm told. That okay, was what I was told by how, a guy. Rent. How are you told this? Are you told this like, hey, if you ever want to be congressman, yep. you have to do this. You don't and have if you, to, but if you, but if, if you, if you want to win, it's you're far more likely to win if you, if you pay off these. Far more likely. You, it's not impossible, but they'll they'll try to destroy you if you don't. Really? Yeah, and I can't. It's like Joe. They'll just go after you. You can destroy if if it's just me. Why can't you say who this is? Because this only because like I don't know if it's important. positively true. Yeah, oh, I need another okay. source. I try to act like a journalist. And someone who's the intermediary, like what kind of person is this? Is he he managed campaigns in that district. He knows everything about the politics of and the and special interest so in that it district. it could potentially be that he, he's hoeing you out. Absolutely, which is why I won't tell you. Because yeah, once he's it, saying that so that he's he's like sort of playing both sides. Uh, so no, he, goes he wanted to them. me to run and he wants... Sure, I'm sure he did, but he yeah. might also want to maintain his relationship Possible. with whatever group this is. So he says, hey... I've gotten assurance. Knowing this guy, I don't think he, he he's affiliated with that group, but it's possible. And and so I try to you know have journalistic ethics before I would say something. I'll tell you off the mic. Okay. But I but I wouldn't can't wait for the show to be over. But I wouldn't say <laughs> without having a second source. Like that's what's irresponsible about so much of our media. Right. Like when when Trump or anybody says fake news, it's like listen. It's not. It, you can't. If you have to have two sources, you go to your editor with those two sources, and then you can print it. You can't make them up. If you make up a source, you're 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 like Mencia. That's it. You're done. You can't. That's like stealing a joke. You can't make up a source. You'll never work again. It would be well, a I think stupid it's thing even to do. Worse when you make up a joke. I mean, uh, if you make up a, a source, I mean, you you, literally you wouldn't do can't it. Work Mencia is still working. Fair you know, enough. Pe people. Do it's work different. after they yeah. steal jokes. Journalism and comedians yeah. are a lot different. Yeah, but, but, so, I mean, it's the worst. If you if, if someone finds out you're making up a source, yet nobody does it. In in the few in the few instances where someone did make up a source or even plagiarize, which are the two worst things you can do as yes. a journalist, they never work again, right. or they don't work for a very long time. Right. You know, Johan Hari. He's been on your show. He's been on my show. Uh -huh. He was accused of uh, of some, like I think it was plagiarism, yeah. and, it, and it took him a really long time to, to win his integrity back. Yeah, That's I didn't find that out actually until after he'd been on the yeah. show the second time. Yeah, but like what? what great was, guy. He's a great guy. But yeah. what was he accused of? I don't remember. It was. I feel like it might have been plagiarism though. Mm. And and that kind of thing. The point is that kind of thing ruins you. And so I wouldn't come here and do that, even though I don't. I wouldn't call I myself a journalist, but I, I would want, because of what you're saying, because you're smart. You're, I'm very skeptical, too, of people and their source and what their interests are. And a lot of people really want me to run for Congress for a lot of different reasons, but mainly because they think I can tap my network of wealthy people and, you know, they well, can make money. Love Trump or hate Trump, that is precisely what he was talking about when he said drain the swamp. Now, this is the swamp, this sort of this sort of convoluted world of influence. Well, and, yes and no. The swamp. Yeah, but it's also money and all the other things that he didn't drain. And he actually brought in people that were. He made the swamp. Swampier. Way, it's filled with malaria and crocodiles. <laughs> like, like the, I always, we don't even define things, unfortunately. We don't have the same baseline, unfortunately, in this country of what, what words mean. Mm -hmm. But I've always thought what that meant was government uh, corruption, that the private sector is influencing government because, and, and the way that they obviously do it, the system that we have is you have to get money 
from wealthy people and wealthy interests. And then you have to advocate for them. Whatever the interest is, you have to, or they won't give you more money. And so that's what's beautiful about Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. They are not allowing any donations from any uh, super PACs from any uh, wealthy individuals. It's it's grassroots. And I think that's, Tulsi's doing that as well. Yeah, a handful of them are. The, the, yeah. the whole Democratic Party mostly committed to it. Mm-hmm. I don't think Biden's doing it. Uh, but the, If Biden was doing it, I don't think he remembers. I totally agree with that, by the way. Dude's out. I've, I, well, listen, I don't think you should be running out. for president no. if you're 75. I think the well, same about Trump some, and Bernie and Biden. All three of them are old. My no, dad. Some people are 75 and they're very lucid. My dad is in the best shape of any man I know. Dude just had a heart attack. Bernie mm-hmm. Sanders just had a heart attack. Yeah. Like it, when you get older, especially as a man, the shit breaks down. Yeah, but it's like, who has the energy? Plus, I just think younger people like just have more of an actual interest and understanding of what's happening. That's why Andrew Yang is so attractive. Yes. Yeah. I, no, I agree with that. But I think that there's, uh, I mean, it depends entirely on the individual. There's 75-year-olds that are healthy and there's 75-year-olds that are I disagree not. because you could be the healthiest 75-year-old in the world, did everything right. And then shit can just shut down because you're 75. Your body's just old. It's possible, but it's, it's far also, more. The, the 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 actuary, you know, possibilities are just far higher. But I you're think. you're balancing things out, right? You also have wisdom and experience, sure. and education. So and go an consult of the a younger life. person. Maybe. I mean, well, Bernie Sanders all, is one of my heroes, but I want I, him to just you know uh, endorse Elizabeth Warren and get it over with. Well, first of all, being a president is a ridiculous proposition. Period. Yes. And it's an antiquated idea. I agree. To have one alpha absolutely that runs this whole absolutely. fucking show. Yes. Of, it's a great idea when there's 50 people in a trial. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I have a chief. Yeah. But sure. not a president of yeah. 330 million people Stupid. that is an outsized influence in a bully pulpit. Yeah. And then and then has this we have this reverence for them and, and this defense of them or this attacking of their their every move their every yes. character and it's just such an easy thing to dunk on them and it's just tiresome to me i yeah. agree with you it's unhealthy for the country too it's unhealthy for all of us it's unhealthy for our souls every yeah. single day especially like like I, the thing that you miss about pre-trump wh- whoever it was republican or democrat like i remember when you used to have weekends like you could right. relax no on politics. a weekend no politics well, that's internet though that's, You're right. There's yeah, a lot of that. Society. Have you seen uh, Trump's religious advisor? Yes. How wonderful is that? She, the woman who says, if yeah. you if you don't support Trump, you're going against God. Yes. Yes. Can we play any of that? It's it. Uh, I mean, I don't think so. It's not that vi- that video. I don't think we can play. Okay. I'm gonna that together. Too bad. Uh, <laughs> I can do it. I think. <laughs> if you don't support President Trump, then you are going against God. And it's like, yeah, and I'm not going against God. Those people, those yeah. people are so effective as like, I think comics can really relate to them. They're so good at performing yeah, well, and so conventional. Yeah. If you, and if you. No, Kinison was one of those. Right, right. He was a preacher. Right. He's one of the, yeah, who, who could t- turned into a comic. He had yeah. that skill set. Trump is the same way, the way he stalks the stage mm-hmm. and works the audience. I mean, it's yeah. very, very effective, but it's also for to say that if you don't support a certain politician, like to me, that stuff is so it's very boring. Right, like, but, come on, this b- binary bullshit. But she's a horseshit artist, no matter what. I mean, yeah. that's what she does. She's trying to get low frequency people. She catches these nine volt brains. Paula White, nine Donald Trump's <laughs> new advisor, ratchets up rhetoric, denounces demonic networks opposing president's calling. Demonic. She's wonderful. I bet that lady. 
does coke, and I bet she likes it right in the booty. I think that every time you <laughs> I see... I bet she parties. Every hard. time you see one of these people, I just have a knee-jerk reaction. When mm. I see a, a Catholic priest, I'm like, mm -mm. Oh, yeah. When I see one of these people, oh, I'm yeah. like, they're completely contradicting. Oh, you know, these uh, uh, gay conversion people sure. that have come out Pray and the like, gay away. Yeah. yeah they're banging guys oh hell all hell the yeah. time all the time you remember ted haggard do i oh, i massaged yeah. him oh, i'll bet you did well paid with meth or no smooth skin yeah of course he i would never massage me. ted haggard without meth really block me on twitter <laughs> yeah. uh, he said that's, a, that's he a quite an accolade see he's I, I forget what he said <laughs> he said something like uh you know after uh sunday service uh you know, what should we do? And I said, how about meth and blowjobs? And that was it. Boom. That's actually what they do. That I mean, is it's, what, not, it's a joke, but it's also probably it. what... You know, he seemed like such a nice guy, too. But it's so sad, too. Not really, though. Did you ever see the thing with him and Dawkins? When he got really nasty with yeah, Dawkins? Yeah, well... Yeah. Yeah, that was before he actually got in trouble, too. This was when he was running that was when he was a whole still arena filled with... Back to ego. Yeah. When you have, when you think so much of you and your ideas, and you come up in that case, mm -hmm. Ted Haggard versus Richard Dawkins is like Mike Tyson versus a baby. Uh, something lower. <laughs> yeah. Something much lower. That's a, yeah. a, a fetus. Right. And it, there's no match, and so you're going to lose your shit. You know. Yeah, I love those debates on. Super frustrated, but it's anywhere. also he's frustrated that you know Dawkins had Dawkins has an arrogance about him you know and this yeah scientists yeah, tend to yeah but he does specifically well, particularly well I had him in here recently when he was talking about life after death that he thinks the lights just go out and I'm like well maybe but we what don't do you know think? we don't know I don't think I don't have any experience with what happens when you die I really have no idea it would be very interesting if there was some sort of dimensional travel thing that happens to the oh, yeah. spirit or the soul or whatever this concept of consciousness is. How much have uh, uh, do you think about your mortality? Sure. On a regular? I try not to. It doesn't do any good. Right. But when it comes in, what do you do? You know, try to be nice to the people I know. Try to try to be kind to the people that I care about. Try to That's an interesting answer when I say do you think when you think about your own death, what do you do? I just try to be a good person. I yeah. love that. There's nothing I love you that. can do. When right. you, while I'm here, I, I want as little bad feelings as possible. It's impossible to have no bad feelings. Right. So whatever I can do to mitigate that, I try. How have you worked on your anger and had that dissipate? Like, what's the best thing? Exercise. For Exercise you. is the big one. Yeah, because I think a lot of my anger is just caveman genetics. So, and then a fucked up childhood too. So growing just, up in a, in, a, in a violent household right. and, and being around a lot of violence. Like I also had to deal with, um, I grew up essentially all throughout high school until I was 22 fighting. Right. So I was always involved. As, a, with as an outlet violence. for your emotions. Yeah. Well, I was also it developed my human potential. I was, it was martial arts. It was competition. But, but it's also, there's a, a downside of that, that I grew up like, being praised for explosive violence mm, that's wrong yeah i mean it was in competition but it was it was agreed upon i was doing it with other trained killers but it's still that's that's a weird thing to get past because I, uh, yeah I, I i have an example of i mean you i'm sure you have a, a billion of them i didn't mean to cut you off but when my daughter was like three years old just we're visiting family and uh people i don't really know my wife's family and his 
five-year-old son goes over. My daughter's just looking up at the TV, this little three-year-old girl. And he comes over and he just clocks her, knocks her over. And we're all like, oh my God, what? what? And the dad comes over and just starts beating the shit out of his five-year-old. And oh I just start God. screaming. I'm like, that's why he did it. Oh that's why God. he did it. <laughs> he, you learn what you live. Oh my God. You know, and children learn what they live. And so when that's you're, so, so when you're, but what you're saying, when you, when you train, when you exercise, are there feelings, are there emotions coming out? Or is it energy that you're just expending? Energy. You're not expending. thinking about no, no, when I'm, you're. I'm not like angry at my child or anything when I'm hitting the bag. No, I'm just uh, exercising. I also, and when I'm running or doing yoga or anything I'm doing that's strenuous, I, I just had this conversation uh, with Ben Westhoff, who's on here before you, and the way I described it is I think that a human body has a certain amount of physical requirements. I think there's right. the, your, your body's a system, and this system is designed through nature and natural selection and hundreds of thousands of years of being human beings to have issues that come up and to be physically prepared to to deal with those issues, whether it's a, a neighboring tribe invades you right. or an animal's trying to attack you or you're just trying to hunt and gather food. All those things are built into our system and it takes tens of thousands of years for that DNA to shift and change and become something different. So we have a certain amount of physical requirements that we're just born with and it's different with every person. Some people have less, some people have more. I tend to be on the high side and I, I'm a different person when I exercise. I'm a different person when I when I get time to sleep correctly and eat correctly right. and exercise. I'm a different and I like that Balance. person better. That's a nicer person. I like that guy better. So I try to be that guy as much as I can but I've a million different people living inside my brain all the time, bouncing around, fighting for dominance. Really? You know? Yeah, it's like there's a director that try to keep them all in order, which is like the the, the consciousness. Like, is, but is that a struggle? A lot. Every yeah, day? Oh, everybody has it. There's always yeah. things. Like, you're a better person when you're well-rested, life is going well. For sure. Th you, you had great interactions with your family, great interactions with your friends, and then you run into someone on the street versus you just got fired from your job, you walked in and your wife's sucking the plumber off. You, you have all these things all go wrong. All that happened to me just now, all, by all the way. All those things can happen. I lose my job, I go home, there's my wife with you the plumber. are a different person. <laughs> no, I- Dependent upon what, yep. what you encounter in your life. I completely agree with that, but it's it's a, it's a practice. I like that word. Yeah, and you have to practice it every day, and you yeah, have you to ain't find out. It. You're not going to fix it, right? Right. You're not, you're not you just going to get it. better. You're what just going to get better at forming the good habits. What about therapy? I don't do that. Never did. No, but I do get in an isolation tank. What? I've done a lot of psychedelics. I was going to ask you about that. I'm thinking about trying that. You should. I feel like that's been a big right now? part of your life. What do you yeah. want to do? Yeah, do right some now. mushrooms. No. Have you ever mu done mushrooms? No, but I no? can't. You can't? I mean, I, I would like to. If I do it, I want to do it with you for sure. Okay. But I got a long night ahead of me, I think. Oh, what are you doing tonight? I have uh, like family. Oh. Nearby. I haven't seen in a long time. That yeah, you begging don't want me to be balls. I probably don't want to. A lot of microdose. Microdose is not a bad way to get through a day. Can you drive with it? Oh, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, I, gotta, yeah. And I don't know where I am. I got a rental car. Yeah, you I, do, I really want to do it. Distracted. I'm ready for it, but You've I feel like nothing? I need. Huh? You've done nothing? No, I've, I mean, weed every day. Yeah. That's been my saving grace. Mm. Yeah, you got any of those Kevin Smiths? No, I don't, yeah. want, I don't want to uh, smoke. We can on, smoke a little weed on uh, on the show because I feel like it makes me verbose. Well, you're already verbose. You talk for a living. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but it makes me even worse. I, I don't want to. Uh, one, what happened? Oh, to this one? It got crusty and broken. Don't Weird. worry about it. We can do it or towards the end, whatever. I love. I, I, yeah, but for me, that I didn't. My brother was in rehab when I was 16. He was 18. 
I love that you're scanning the room. Where's those Kevin Smith joints we had on the table? Oh, okay. So, uh, what's that right there? That little tube right there, Jamie. <laughs> That's hilarious. There's just stuff everywhere. What's that? Oh, there's one. What is this? This ashtray filled with treasures. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't touch any alcohol or drugs till I was like 25. So my brother was in rehab. We had to do an intervention. It was nuts. And I was like, I knew I wanted to be a comic. And I thought that if I did anything, it would affect me. It would distract me. Make you a loser. No, no. It would just make me pursue that and not my dreams. This is the other thing. Like, it, you, if, if, I, if I take a hit off this and I still want to run for Congress, like, it shouldn't matter. This is how I deal. Like, well, it's this, legal. It's no different well, yeah, than I know, having but, a drink. Yeah, of course. It's preposterous to judge, but... People do. Yeah, but I think the generation that's coming up will judge less. The generation after them will judge less. And it's just we're, we're living with the echoes of reefer madness, right? We're living with Harry Anslinger and William Randolph's Hearst work in the 1930s. Look them up, still everybody. affecting people. Look them up. Yeah, no doubt. But I think that you say they're the echoes, and I think they're pretty loud, certainly pretty loud in uh, certain parts of the country. Yeah, and it's well, it's well, hard it's to measure. The thing about being a congressman is you're <laughs> representing a district, right? One of the guys is I become really good friends with. He was a Republican congressman. His name is Trey Radel, and he's the guy That's who a good got name. he got uh, <laughs> from Florida. He got Trey Radel. I like it. He got kicked out of uh, Congress for buying uh, cocaine from a Fed. Do you remember do, that? Do, do. No, I don't. It was like three years ago. I don't pay <laughs> that much attention to politics. I think politics is like baseball. Yeah. Like uh, some people just watch the World Series and some people watch college and look at fucking first round draft picks. Right. And oh, I'm addicted but, to it. Yeah. I was. That's another nice thing to not having to be live every day and not having to know every single step of everything of going on because you realize that you're a very small minority of people. When you uh, found out that thing, when you were told that thing by that I mean, guy. Just make sure this doesn't go to waste. The, the, it won't. There's plenty of it. When you were told that thing about the guy who was, the, you know, the congressman job, you know, that you would, you're, you're going to have to uh, bribe, play ball. Um, did, was that, did you feel like. Let down? Yeah. Like almost like, okay, I've been promoting a rigged game. No, I know how well, I know intimately how rigged the game is. It's just that you don't always know where and who the players are. I mean, I've done enough. Right, but isn't it? You're an honest person. You're not. You're not a bullshit artist. I hope everybody so thinks you, that. I do. But so if you're a part of a bullshit system, yeah. right? It's almost like you can't to be who you are. You almost like can't be a congressperson. You just nailed the it. system. What exists. you just said almost made me want to cry. Don't be- cry because well, I get very emotional when I, when someone pings a truth. Hmm. That's what happens to me. I'm like, yeah. Jesus, I can't believe he just said that. <laughs> my brother, who's my moral compass, my older brother, is just radical, like ridiculous, radically different person. He's like, I said just what you said right before I came over here. Because the problem with you running is that, do you really buy in to this corrupt system? Mm. And I think because I'm such an optimist and such a positive thinking person, I've convinced myself, and that I do know a lot of people in Congress, know them personally and intimately, and I know a lot of people that work in government that I really admire. But the system, it's not the people as much as the system, but I also think that the way, I don't want to talk about it in a way that that uh, exonerates the public. Right. Like we 
have to not be apathetic. That's what my show has always been about. It wasn't a, always a confusing title, Stand Up, because I'm a comic, but it meant stand up for something. It meant f- care about something. What you don't have to be it, a full-time activist, but don't be, don't be apathetic. The United States of apathy. We can't sit here and blame the systems that we are complicit and watch you watch these you watch this fucking every weekend in hong kong every weekend they stand up for their democracy and doing it for months right that's the biggest story it'll be the biggest story of the of 2019 and maybe the decade because they are fighting off china it's unbelievable meanwhile i just feel like we're just so we're just so comfortable and hong kong used to be a part of great britain right yeah. And until like what? 90 something when they had to give it back after like it was a 100 year agreement or something like that. Which is so crazy. But China, the deal was China's like, listen, we're not going to bother you. You could keep doing what you're doing. And then they started bothering them. And they said, no, we're going to, you're ours now, now behave. Because they had so much more power and leverage. And then human beings stood up. Now they're doing it in Chile. And now they're doing it in Iraq. People are protesting and they're getting shot. The, the, the greatest thing that I was ever a part of in media was probably, well, there was a lot of good things, but uh, CNN and SiriusXM's coverage of the Egyptian revolution. It was a fucking amazing. And that was something that was organized by social media, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. Same thing in Iran and the Green Revolution of yeah. 2009. And so What's interesting to me about this whole Hong Kong thing is that they, they're being introduced to the government of China over the last few decades, that this was something they were, they were separated from. And then all of a sudden they become pro- property of China again, essentially, right? And so yeah. then you're seeing this, this thing where they become accustomed to the British way of things and you know, the Hong Kong, original Hong Kong way of doing things, and then things shift over. It's a really unique moment of protest because it's very rare that you see the the actual government of a country shift the way it has in Hong Kong, right? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Well, I don't I don't profess to be an expert in revolution, but this is what the conversation is about right now. It's watching people in other parts of the world going out in the streets, risking their lives, yeah. literally. And meanwhile, in America, why don't we, what is it that will get us unified and, and, and out in the streets? What is that issue? Well, and who, who? Things, things get us unified, particularly disasters. Yeah, of course. But 9-11, what, I was in New York. What I'm saying about the, yeah, that was a big one, right? I, was a, I have a billion stories. Communicate. A billion stories. The, um, what I'm saying, though, is like we've never seen, like in our time, we've never seen a government shift over, Right. You've never seen that kind of a shift where a, a free, democratic, sort of uh, Western way of running things all of a sudden shifts over. And because of that, I think the, the, the well, resistance yeah, I mean, to it is very unique. I think if you studied the British colonization of the world, there would be a lot of that. Sure. I think that's what we're talking yeah, about, literally, so. because it was Britain. Yeah. And then... I can't speak to the specifics of the history of that, but it's what you're bringing up is a fascinating question that yeah, I'd love to get to the bottom of, and well, there's probably even, a billion people who would be so good on it. Well, even because with, it's so important that people stand up for something and care, Yeah, but I I'm, think. Even with our limited understanding of the history of it, this is one thing we know for sure. They're, they used to be under Britain, and now they're not. And now they're under China, and we're watching this resistance. And we're seeing these people, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of them in the streets. Yeah. And you know what my favorite part of it all was? There was one time where an ambulance had to get through. 
and all the people from Hong Kong just stood on the left and the right, and they let the ambulance go through. And I'm like, whoa, good luck with that in Boston. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking not going to happen, bro. Look at this. Look at this video, man. I mean, this is incredible. Look, look this at them. Is, this is what my brother and a lot of people who I respect and admire, but maybe I'm not courageous enough to challenge our system more, want to see here yeah, for something. Happen. But what's it for? Well, right now- And why can't problem, it be climate? Well, the hustle is the right versus left, right? right. That's the hustle. Yeah, yeah, that's the hustle. And the real hustle is the fact that people get ideologically driven and they pick a side. And they go, these, you know, the problem is these fucking liberals, these fucking pussy yeah. liberals. Yeah. And then, you know, it's, the problem is these racists, these white racist assholes. Like, it's- <laughs> Everyone I, love your, gets, I love your liberal uh, that's how person. That's man. I'm Go, from more, Berkeley, man. More, more. I want that. that. This is a character that should definitely break out. I should, man. I should bring him out every now and then, man. It's like fucking heteronormative bullshit, right? But these characters, but the problem is these are patterns of behavior that people slide into. And that's why, you know, we were talking about putting people in boxes. People love to be able to put you in that pattern. I want to find out who you are. Who are you? Are you uh, a liberal? When are you a libertarian? Are you a mean person? Are you a nice person? Or who are you? My trick for my mom, when she would be telling whoever what her son does, well, he hosts a radio, he's a comedian, and he hosts a radio show. Oh, mm. what's his radio show about? Oh, he talks about all kinds of news and issues and politics. Oh, is he a liberal or conservative? Mm. They immediately want to know that. And, and know that's what is a shit racist or a cuck. What? <laughs> <laughs> cuck please uh, but, cuck is a fucking but my mom the word. answer it really is it's it's really it's underappreciated word. I, I, I hope they keep it i hope no, it doesn't become racist or something you know it's we, one of those words where it's like i hope it doesn't slip away from us like we have it right now we can enjoy it like I you think, can silence a lot of nonsense by calling somebody a cuck you really can it's like woo and it's been overused for sure but it's because it's the it's not so, in text messaging it's recent and so effective it's just got such a pop to it when someone calls someone a cock, especially if there's a ring of truth to it. You know, what I I'm like saying? it most used when you say something endearing. Mm -hmm. I'll text my brother. He's the kind of person that will use it, maybe to me. Stop being such a cock. Uh, I'll be like, I love you, bro. You're saving me. My brother's like my hero. I'm like, he's always there for me. He wrote my first stand-up uh, material in high school when I was hosting a talent <laughs> show. And he was get kicked out of the house, and I had no material. And I was doing Dana Carvey's impressions, <laughs> hosting awesome. a talent show, and I had no material. And I walked out, and I see a whole script that my brother had written. Wow. That's didn't let awesome. me down. That's awesome. Even though he's high and drunk, didn't let me down. But Those are the guys the best writing for you. I'll say something endearing to him, like that loving, and then you, you get back, uh, cuck. Like that kind of response, like when you Perfect. don't. Yeah, no. Perfect. I'm not even, actually now I don't even know if he is uh, actually using that or if I'm just high. I'm sure he used it. It's a good word. He's a smart but back guy. to revolution, like <laughs> why can't it? And 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 what you're saying, the, well, I the hustle. I love that discussion because everything is about defining. So my, the answer my mom would give, excuse me, getting back to that was, well, he talks about issues, so you know that's what he talks about. But they want to pin you into something so they can know how to feel about you, to like right. or to hate you. Are you right. on my team or are you not? Right. And that is destroys, it, it's yeah. so destructive. It is, and, and the other thing is the resistance to what you're saying. The resistance is toxic too, because people think, no, it's, it's important that you take a side. It's important that we deplatform Nazis. They say things like that, and you're like, whoa, 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 who's a fucking Nazi? Stop. Look, they're real Nazis. And the problem is you start calling everybody a Nazi, and then one day you meet a real one, and you ran out of words. You fucking cried wolf. 
This is a, these aren't Nazis. And you, when people feel like you're treating them unfairly or talking shit about them, and this is a problem we have both in the yeah. right yep. and the left, yep. they fucking double down. They dig their heels in, and they go, fuck that other group. It's Team Red all the way. Fuck you. It's Team Blue. It is so and, destructive. Yes. And, it's, and watching it it's is tribal. so sad. And being a part of it when we are is the problem and yeah. trying to have the answer to that the solution to that is to try to listen to each other and to try to understand because i completely agree with you that they if they don't feel respected you've lost them completely on we can't people enjoy it like a team like when the celtics win people get pumped when the republicans win yeah. people get pumped you know I, it's like it's like when the democrats win people but, get pumped it's their team i had a friend of mine there's a comic who said, you know, we got to win the house because if we win the house, we win the White House. I'm like, what are you talking about? What is we? What is we? Are we in this? Are you running for something that I don't know about? Like, they have to. The I Democrats, feel that way about sports, by the way. Bro, I when, think. When we say we, you're yeah, not on the team. Exactly. It's the Giants. You're not a giant. You're out here exactly. not exercising. And it's the same thinking. It's the same thinking. People attach themselves. I remember when I was a kid, I was a big fan of this guy named Donald Curry. He was uh, this badass boxer, this world champion, welterweight champion. He was a fucking beast. And then one day, he got knocked out and by this guy, Mike McCallum, the body snatcher. <laughs> he, was a, he was another world champion, a bad motherfucker. And he yeah. hit him with a left hook to the body and a left hook to the head, knocked him out cold, flat on his back. I couldn't believe it. He was my favorite boxer, and he just got knocked out, and I felt so bad. I couldn't take it. I put my running shoes on, and I ran out of the house, and I ran for like a fucking mile. And I was just so worked up. I was probably like 17, I think, somewhere around then, 16, 17, I don't remember. Um, maybe a little later, 18 at the latest. I turned around and went, walked home. I ran like a mile and a half, a mile, whatever. I turned around, and I just walked home, and I'm like, I'm never gonna get upset about someone i don't even know losing like that but that was a team thing like i was on team curry and like people really literally do that with fighters i know? feel like i have uh, a litmus test though i feel like i fall victim to the criticism that you're you're laying out on the planet on environmental stuff like i feel so panicky and so anxious about that mm. and i care so much about it and for me it's it is religious like it's a spiritual connection to nature that it brings me so much joy to be in it and around it and professing yes. it and to see us destroy it by the way we're we're living like i feel i i'm one of those people that feels guilty about i rail against single use plastic which is why i want to advocate for you guys to get a a judge you know big uh yeah, we should do tank like and that. everybody we've has thermoses. We've talked about that before. Because if you if you do that today, if you made that choice, just get a big thing and a glass or mugs and sell them and raise money or something. And Ari would come by and dose the bucket. You can't have a, a big he, open uh, bottle of water around with Ari. Ari Shafir gave uh, gave out like a plate of pot cookies years ago at Stan Comedy Club. My wife does not. Did she? Did she know like it was a pot cookie? And didn't didn't know. Went to take it. Took a sniff of it. And she's like, oh, no. And Ari's like, oh, sorry. Oh, boy. She, yeah, she, she almost uh, took it? She is no good with the weed, the edibles especially. Well, she, edibles are rough on you. She once had uh, like a whole Kit Kat because she was hungry and I, went to the sink and was washing her hands and just said, this water is so wet. And I go, oh, shit. <laughs> Something's wrong. Put some headphones on. Uh, yeah. This water is so wet. The, when you look at that Hong Kong thing, right? Yeah. 
you know, I don't think we need a revolution. I think we need a resolution. Like, I think we need to, like, relax and come to this understanding. Like, most of the stuff we fight about is because we're tricked into this tribal way of thinking. I don't mean tricked by some overlords. I mean tricked by your own biology. We have a natural inclination to form teams. And we have a natural, because there's only two real ones. I mean, you could be one of them fucking dudes who's only into independent music and you, you always vote Green Party. But for the most part, there's two parties, right, when it comes to, like, national politics. And when we think about whoever the fuck's going to win, whether we think about what the real important thing is the economy or protecting our borders, or you think the real important thing is the environment and stopping global warming, we've got to do something to engineer, like, biodegradable plastics and make them mandatory and whatever well, whatever thing becomes your side. And, you know, you but, can make but, but, arguments for both sides. The problem is people then subscribe to whatever uh, ideas are in that party you know like you could almost pick to a person if you're pro-life you're probably pro-war but, but when you said you know we're doing well or you know relax we're doing well i react to that with working with and advocating for all these anti-poverty organizations what do you mean relax we're doing well i felt like you um we're saying like when everybody is getting fired up, maybe I misunderstood you. It was like, I don't think we need a revolution, but. I think instead of thinking about it like a competition between two teams. Agreed. We okay. should think about it as a resolution. We should resolve our issues. And what are our issues? Resist being tribal. I, I absolutely agree. That's the entire problem. And yeah. I'll do anything to work with you or anybody else on furthering that conversation. Because that's all bullshit, a theatrical, manufactured shit mm -hmm. that you're divided by your neighbor because of any number yeah. of stupid, and that we're not talking because of that. I believe that our species can do a lot better. But and it's normal. That's the thing. It's like normal to not like people that, you know, you look at someone sure. as conservative, it's normal if you're a liberal to not like them. If you're a conservative, it's normal to think these fucking silly liberals, they're going to ruin but everything. Don't, and don't put them in that box. What kind of a man is he? What kind of a father? Yeah, oh, I, that's, that's how I evaluate men or women. What kind of a partner? Mm -hmm. What kind of a parent? That's, I just watch them behave with their kids. Right. I don't think about what they think about guns. Right? If I find that stuff out later, then we talk about it. But how, what kind of a role model are you for your children is how I evaluate another man. Yes. I, I don't know if that's a good measure. No, that's, that's what I do. I don't think about what many, show he watches yes. or, or what kind of car he drives or what his job is. How? What kind of a man is he? What kind of a, a father, a role model, a contributor to society? Does he care about other people and other things? What is yeah. he? What is his morality? Mm -hmm. yes. not, not perfect. Yeah, I mean, that's, I don't know, but that's not that. Why is is that is that abnormal? Isn't that how we all should be? I, Isn't that how we all are to some extent? I think this resonates with a lot of people that are listening. There's a lot of people that try very hard to do that. There's a lot of people that also escape the grips of tribal thinking as they get older and wiser. Sure. I think I'm one of those, and I think I like a lot of think people are one of those. I am too, I hope. And I think one of the ways that you help it is by having these conversations. So people listen, and then it resonates with them. And maybe it only resonates to a certain degree. And maybe it's, they slip away from it a week later when they're drinking and hanging out with their friends. Or, or they're, they're not... Exposed to the ideas, you know, uh, very often, and when they do, it's it's not as effective as it would be if they were around people that were like-minded. But that's just having these conversations. You know, you're affecting, like right now, we're affecting a lot of different people's thinking. Right? They're they're listening to this and they go, 
a lot of interactions could have been different on both sides, depending upon what you did. Like sometimes you run into someone and they're douchey, yes. but if you just turned around a little bit, say it's all right, brother, yes. you know, I'm just yes. here, and then they relax and they go, oh, he's okay. But if you ramped it up and they ramped it up more, you can go, that guy's a piece of shit. Well, yeah, he acted like a piece of shit, but maybe part of the way he acted like a piece of shit was the way you dealt with his initial weirdness. Because sometimes people are just fucking weird, and sometimes people come off douchey. People are complex. Yes. People are so complex and so yes. rooted in so many. I mean, I. I just go straight to interviewing. I've interviewed murderers and rapists. Who have you interviewed that's a murderer? Uh, 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 Senghor, I think his last name is. Shakti Senghor. He wrote a book. He changed my life. He killed a guy when he was 18, went to prison, served 19 years, and got out and wrote a book. And he, redemption, like he found, like, how did he get there to to murdering somebody? Mm. And how did he become the man that he was? That's the way to measure a man. And so he did the worst thing. So when you say you have this idea about any number of issues from race to, uh, to, to energy issues, to guns, to abortion, to feminism, to all this stuff, it's like, well, where, is, where did he start? Mm. Who were his role models? Right. You know, there's so much data about the zip code that you're born into in this country determines where you'll be when you're 18 and it's so accurate it's so hard to get out of certain places i heard you and someone talking about that it was dakota meyer who was amazing that was a a love that whole interview was fascinating really interesting guy and uh nothing but respect for that guy but talking about america as like this place where it's the greatest place to get ahead like it's not it's so hard to get ahead here in some spots in some spots, in it's very so, hard to get in ahead. way too many spots, if well, for so many I'm reasons. With you, if you're talking about impoverished neighborhoods that have a history of crime and violence, because they don't fix that and it doesn't change, and it's yeah. really hard to get ahead if you're yeah. in that. Well, I mean, but in other places, if you're doing what, well, if you're in a nice city and you're in a nice neighborhood, it is difficult. But it's compared to the rest of the world, it's. I'm just far, talking about social mobility. Easier. In what, in what sense? In terms of being able to move up a rung in the ladder. Okay, I feel like that's only true in impoverished areas that are riddled with crime and drugs. But that's I not how in, it's measured. But I mean, but I'm thinking if you're yeah. talking about places where things are doing well, right? Yeah. And you're comparing them to the rest of the world. This is one of the easiest places to get ahead ever that's ever existed because there's only if you start in a certain spot. Yes, if yes. you start at the bottom in America, it's almost impossible which 100%. is why the media loves to focus and Americans love to focus on it, even their, themselves so many people say you know listen I started with nothing and and now I'm a major success and so they don't then have sympathy for somebody else I'm like that's your story to tell what it's, were your it's, opportunities it's, who were your role models what did you have did you have health care did you have universal pre-k that's like that's the bottom line if you have universal pre-k all over this country this whole country would be so much more intelligent. That's what yes. all the education data says. That's what every other country does. We don't have it. Agreed. But what we do have is just so many fucked up budget priorities. The budget is a moral document. It means where your values lie. And you spend what on healthcare, what on defense, what on anti-poverty, what on nutrition, what on education. Yes. Um, That's how I determine, by the way, in a thoughtful conversation, not only are you a liberal, not are you a liberal or a conservative, you know, pro or anti-government, it's how do you think we should spend our, our, our tax money? Where should we spend it around the world and domestically and 
in terms of, and it's like, we have this huge defense budget with these weapons that n- will never be used, and Russia beat us with Facebook, and North me, Korea hacked into Sony. It's like, that's where the threat is. Right. Let me ask you this when it comes to defense, because that's always an interesting subject. The, there's two arguments, right? There's this pro-military argument that is, you have to have a certain amount of military might all over the world. We have to be the world's policemen, because if we're not, someone else will, and we are protecting America by doing this, and we fight them over there so that we can be free over here, right? That's the pro-argument. The anti-argument would be you could do everything that you need to do to protect us with less money. And you could take that money and inject it into these inner cities that are impoverished and crime-ridden. And you could, in my words, this is why I always like to say, if you want to make America greater, what's the best way to do that? Well, have less losers. Have less people that are losing the game because of they got a shitty roll of the of dice. Of course, give people opportunity. Cards when they were young. Give people healthcare yes. and education. Give right. them an opportunity to succeed. It's not that hard. Most of us got it. But the pro-military argument would be: okay, that is not going to work. Yeah. We will get fucked over by another country, and then no one will have an advantage. Like we have to maintain a certain amount of power worldwide. Like, well, I'm not. This is my, not my argument. Okay, I'm just. I'm just. Oh saying, no, I, no. It's but I would reject the binary. On, on its face, because it's a thoughtful binary, and I'd love to answer it, but it's so much more um, geopolitical and filled mm-hmm. with history and then technology. And so now I think if I am going to answer the question, it's like the threat, the, the threats that we're fa- the threat matrix is a way to look at it. Like what are the you know existential threats, nuclear mm-hmm. war uh, and any kind of geopolitical, what kind of conventional war? It's everything's online. In terms of the the way that we countries are fighting, it's yeah. so it's all going online. It's all transparent. Well, I don't know if it's transparent. It is but, in some ways. But right? the point I would like to say, like, th- how is the Department of Defense not only focused on saving the planet? That's it. That's it. Just do that. Everybody wins. I think it's complicated, man. Well, you of know, course, I think it is. it's way more complicated than we would ever understand. I think to, to be a military leader in 2019 and to be making decisions one way or another when not you attack people. Whoo, good luck with all that. Good luck with trying to figure out how to kill terrorists and do it live on television while the president's watching from the fucking Oval Office or whatever really happened. I you think know? he was golfing. I think he was golfing. Yeah, but that was a whole weird situation. How about the picture afterwards? You're like, um, I know what a posed picture looks like. <laughs> Dude, every single one of those pictures, it does it does look bad when every one of those pictures that comes out of the Oval Office is a bunch of white dudes. Well, God wants you to wear makeup, and God wants you to sit right there. That's right. God wants that. Right. Um, we don't. People don't talk enough, man. There's too many of us. That's a lot of what all. This I think shit you're is. leading. I think the one of the reasons why you're doing so well is because the con- you're you're leading the conversation about how the conversation should be. Yeah, I, I hope as evidence from what we're saying. Well, I hope here. so too. I'm just happy if people enjoy it. But the the conversations that we're not having, we're not having enough of is face-to-face, one-on-one like this. Everyone's distracted. You can't get to know people over sound bites. You definitely can't get to know them through text messages or little tiny snippets of a conversation that they're going to have no, before they get, cut to commercial. To get to know a person is very easy. You just look at their internet history. <laughs> you find out what kind of porn they like. Oh my god! Whether or not they like muscle cars. It's my greatest bit. <laughs> I mean, it's the idea that you know Facebook yeah. and your social media is what you want people to think you're doing. Here's my family in the Bahamas, yeah. but like, if you had a video of me melting down, just smoking weed and feeling my heart thumping and sweating yeah. because I'm having a panic attack, it's like that's your internet history. 
Like yeah. you're looking up every lump that you find. Mm-hmm. Right. And you go down weird rabbit holes. You find out about strange diseases. I was yeah. Very unhealthy. All day today about uh, Mind parasites. Fucking. I was watching. I saw your tweet about that. I was like, no, don't put it out there. <laughs> so don't put it out there. It's interesting as hell. And it's, but it's terrifying because the idea of like, I always get so worried, especially that one, because it's like run, trail running is my favorite yes. way to run. I love it too. And That's why uh, I posted it. Some yeah, lady that, got eyeball worms, man. But- Kids are terrified to go outside. There's this amazing organization, Children in Nature Network. Uh, everybody should discover and support and, and look up the work of Richard Louv, who's just written a new book about relationships. You'll love it uh, with animals and humans. And he wrote a book called Last Child in the Woods that is my Bible. It changed my life. And kids are afraid to go outside because there's ticks, there's Lyme disease, there's parents are afraid that there's kidnapping. No, there isn't. That well, there's is, definitely Lyme disease. Well, yeah, but you just be vigilant. Yeah, but Lyme disease is really serious. It's horrible. I, I grew up in several people. I live in I'm Rockland County. With. Me too. Horrible. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But we can't not send our kids outside. No, I agree. Cut your lawn you and check be, your kids for ticks. Yeah. Good night. Yeah, you got to be vigilant. But, but the kids have to stay out. They have to be outside to appreciate getting out dried. Yeah, no, I agree. The connection to nature, that's what it's all about. It's all, it all works together. The idea that we're drinking out of bottles that are made of petroleum, mm. that's what plastic is. This is going to be here for 700 years. Unless we melt it and make cool shit out of it. Let's take some ideas. Well, Let's go to the calls. Do you know who Boyan Slot is? He's that guy. That oh, yeah, the guy uh, collecting the plastic? Yeah. Dutch kid? Yeah, he's got a video. He makes everybody else look... He's like 18. Unaccomplished. Like 19. He's like, he's I'm 18 and yeah. I'm going to take all of the plastic out of the ocean. Like, what was I doing? I was bashing mailboxes. The first one didn't work. And everybody's like, see, he didn't know shit. He's like, yeah, that one is a prototype. We're trying to make it work. Look, the next one works. He's still only 20. Let's cheer for him. I know. People are hating on why him. We have tri- why are we tribal on getting plastic, getting rid of this horrible single-use plastic? Well, because it's connected to ego. Because someone who's 19 years old figured out how to do some shit that you've never figured out how to do. He's a better person than you. Fine. Even, no, it's a Fine. game. It's a game. I'm rooting okay? for him. He's, no, you're not. That's why you're happy when his machine breaks. Like, ha ha. Never. Fuck. That's that, I don't know that mentality. I don't understand that mentality. That, that, yeah, that you rooting, understand that, it. Right? I understand it, but I, would, I don't feel it. it. I'm not rooting for your pain. Good for if you. If I don't like your opinions, I don't want you to get sick. I don't want you to even get your finger crunched in the garage door. I don't want you to have pain. I think it's the same sort of Because of your beliefs. Feeling. It's the same thing that leads people to be tribal. It also leads people to be jealous. It's the same kind of thing. It's like a pattern of thinking that's easy to slide into. It's like a, a well-oiled chute. You just yeah, but you can slide break. Right in there. You can acknowledge. You can name that and acknowledge yes. it for your kids. That's what you're doing. That's what I'm doing. Hopefully, like that's what that is. Don't yes. fall into those veins. People, I think, by the way, are mostly good all day. Yes, all day. Most of my interactions. Yes. I'm walking out the door with this lady out of the bank, and we both walk out at the same time. We're both like, oh, sorry. Yeah. Both are faults. Have a good one. Little yep. smiles. Like, that's most interactions that I have, at least. But yes. I'm very attractive. You're a handsome man. I agree with you, though. I think that's, that is the case. And, and also, it has to do with how you interact with those people. And we've all been guilty of being loaded up in one way or another, interacting with someone and it doesn't go as well as it could have gone if you were in a better place when you met that person. It's all about reactions. Yeah. That's the second time you, you mentioned that and that's the most important thing I've learned in therapy and with my wife. It's, 
if you choose how to react to a yes. situation or a comment, and everything rides on that reaction, potentially your life. Mm-hmm. I forget which book it is, whether it's it's one of those ancient philosophy books, but the, the, I never forgot this term. Nothing has any meaning other than the meaning that you give it. Yeah, it's... Uh, Whatever it is, tragedy or a positive thing, look, for sure it's a tragedy. It's very difficult to it's not It's not what we see, it's how we see it. Yes, but talk regular moments in your life. Like the worst case scenario for a person is approaching any moment in their life and being like, woe is me. God damn it, why does it always happen to happen to me? Why... Instead of having a perspective like, look how lucky I am that my real concern is someone keyed my car. The reason, and I look at that and I say, why is that person always saying, what was me? Why? It's a I, yeah, but why? Where does it come from? It's a natural pattern. It's like the, it's a role modeling. That's why you have to give people an opportunity to break out of that. Yes. We are so evolved. We are so far, probably too evolved that we've created plastic bottles and we're killing ourselves. You know, but we're killing ourselves with plastic bottles. We're seven billion people, or it's just too many people. That's a lot. Do you buy into the argument that the more westernized or the more advanced society gets, the population actually starts to decrease? Because uh, there, there are certain cities that they point to where that's on the trend. I think Japan, I think Tokyo is one of them. But the idea is that as people, uh, as a civilization advances, people decide to pursue careers before having children and less and less people have children and that there's some sort of a direct correlation with the amount of children people have versus the amount of technological advancement is around them and the amount of uh, education and yeah. the, the, the level of the city. Yeah. Like if you're in around a place like New York. I think York, it's generally education based. Yeah, yeah education generally education based because. Affluence too, I think. Affluence has something to do with it as well. Well, affluence usually comes with education. Sometimes you could be a usually baller. you could be any nut. You could have examples of people who came from absolutely nothing and had yeah. a kind of general heart defect and overcame it to become, you know, a CEO of a oh, McDonald's no, 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 and then have to step down because they had an affair. People start their own businesses and shit, you know. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that and t- nothing, but certainly I have nothing. But I look at someone who's started a business and ran a business from a, a dry cleaning store to a sh- whatever they're doing. My dad owned a. An insurance agency in Syracuse, New York. That's what my dad did. And my mom was a public school teacher. And it's like, so I saw the public and, and private sector. That, w- that was my role model. That's a good combination, too, to grow up with. I would and think. I had health care and I had yeah. nursery school. My mom was an uh, early childhood. She had an associate's degree. My dad didn't go to college. Shout out to my pop, by the way. I just had a heart attack and ruined his eye. How bad is his eye? Can't see out of it. It's on surgery number three. Dude just wrapped up 44 years as a ski instructor. Ugh. And he's a competitive cyclist. He's ripped off, broke is, every bone in his body. He's fucking man of steel. What is the damage to the eye that doesn't allow him to see? I can't explain it, but it's uh, a laceration. He was on his uh, mm. uh, uh, you know, blood thinners. He fainted and Ooh. bounced his face off the table. Mm. Lacerated his eye. has a big impact on whether or not he heals quick. Right. Oh, yeah. And he's all filled with blood, so he can't see out of it. And my dad Ooh. is like, uh, my dad is a very uh, physically healthy guy. So it's it's aging, man. It's tough. I mean, that's mm-hmm. where I'm, my situation is. My mom and dad married 48 years. But that's, you know, my dad, I look at my dad, and I, I, he's a great story in America. He didn't go to college. He started his own insurance agency, did well, supported us. We live in the suburbs, Marcellus, New York. You know what's crazy about America 
It's only 300 years old. And the idea of a new America is out of the fucking question. <laughs> right? The idea of someone coming along, uh, the yeah. millions of years of life on this planet and the hundreds of thousands of years of being humans and the 300 whatever almost years of the United States. If someone said, we're going to start a new country now and some, we found a new spot in New Zealand or Greenland or something, be like, fuck you. You can't do that. You can't do that today. We'll see. Do you think? I think everything's changing. Everything's changing, but if first of all, anyone who people would be super suspicious. Well, yeah. If you were going to start a new country, they'd go, oh, "That guy's just going to fuck all the women." <laughs> ah, well, there's a lot of that. I mean, there's that's a part. Of of, that. That's a lot of the world right now. Yeah, well, that's a lot of why you would start your own country. <laughs> but that's I mean, why that has almost probably always been this, the reason. Have that's to religion. Be some leader, right? There would have to be someone who says, "Listen, this is how we're going to do this." We're gonna we're gonna have like a, an open ended con- constitution. We could amend it whenever we see fit. Instead of having a president, we'll have a council. I'm of all elders. for re- I'm all for blowing up the system and redoing it but to make it more equitable. However, you describe that. We're gonna need nukes, okay? Because the North Koreans aren't fucking around. The Russians are always shifty, and those Chinese man, they're plotting things. I think they're gonna try to cancel our internet. The fact that we haven't. <laughs> cancel our, you made it sound like they're the cable company uh, uh, the, fact the, that we the fact that we haven't had an accident it's who amazing. is it uh schlosser eric schlosser wrote this book and it's documentary amazing. is uh fascinating history of accidents and close calls is nuts yeah. and we gotta we gotta get rid of all nukes yeah like all thinking people believe that it's so crazy that, that was a horrible statement what i just said by the way all that, thinking that's people? wrong that's by the way uh, a great example of a condescending thing for a person to say into a microphone. Well, All thinking people think blank. Stop yeah. it. But it's also one of those things where it doesn't help to say it. Even if it is, cr- it is true, all thinking people agree with me. No yeah. one is going to go, well, I didn't... Uh I don't want to be considered right. a non-thinking exactly. person. Exactly. So no, that's why. Yeah, that's why I nailed it. It's like, but it's like the people it, yelling into a microphone. What is wrong with you? You must instinct. be a non-thinking person. I'm like, what? I don't want to be yelled at. I dated this girl once when I was 21, mm. and she'd get upset about shit. She was older than me. She she was smarter than me too, but uh, she would she got upset once, and I said, "We just please, just please relax." And she goes, "No one who's upset ever wants to hear you saying relax. That mm. doesn't work." Mm. And I thought about that. I was like, damn, she's right. Like, that doesn't work. Someone says, relax. Relax doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Like, you don't go, oh, thank you. I mean, sometimes you do, but you have to be not very wound up and you have to really love the person who's telling you to relax. No, it's a it's an absolute condescension. Yes, I've relax. done that a hundred times to my wife. She nails me every time. <laughs> every time. I remember thinking as a 21-year-old savage going, oh, okay. She's, uh, okay, she's right. That makes sense. Yeah, I don't want to hear that either. That's Relax. very, but that's called being open-minded and being vulnerable. Being able to check your, your in with yourself as, as opposed to being this kind of authoritarian beast of, don't you tell me this is my castle. Like, I don't understand that kind of, right. whatever you want to call it, uh, I, don't, I don't want to even name it. It's but just it's, an attitude that we have to, our generation of men is so much more vulnerable, I yeah. think. Yeah, 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 for sure. Than our parents. And so much more open-minded and sensitive, and it has nothing to do necessarily with sexuality. It has to do with human growth and evolution. Yeah. And realizing that you're actually weak to pretend that you're strong. Absolutely. The you're idea mo- that, yeah. they, uh, that somehow you don't feel addressing your PTSD as a combat veteran is somehow seen as weak. It's like, no, that's, if you're taking on your worst nightmares, that's strength. And by the way, how do we measure strength? I mean, it, it's always about what you can lift, not the pain you can endure, mm-hmm. which is why I think... 
if you're measuring strength by gender, women can endure more pain. So that's one measure of strength. But more importantly, that's whatever you overcame in life, that's the measurement of strength, not how you can force yourself. I mean, I'm a small guy, so that's a small guy mentality. I talk my way out of every, you know, my dad's like, just when you walk into that class, you make friends with the biggest kid in the class. And I've done that my whole life. So that's, I just talk my way out. But well, whatever works. But not that in an authoritarian way, in a way that you're saying, in a way that you but think I'm just about saying, maybe. When you say any thinking person agrees with that, that is a version of saying relax. Oh, yes. It's the same thing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's a perfect. We both agree. It's no, yeah, no, no, it's a perfect analogy. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, we could do a whole long story about condescending remarks, especially yeah. in marriages or any relationship. In this yeah. conversation, if I put you down, and the way that you're thinking, it's like the whole conversation then changes. It like, oh, it doesn't respect my yeah. my intellect, my experience. Right. And it's like... The conversation gets gross. Yeah. And, yeah. and effectual and damaging. Which well, that's is, the easy way. But that's how you sell ads. That's, that's how you create oh, ratings. That's so crazy. This show does pretty good. We don't do that. You, you don't exactly. have to do it. Exactly. But, but the, the thing about like online conversations is that you don't have this interaction like we're having like this is probably more intimate than a regular conversation because we're in each other's ears right we're wearing i prefer headphones yeah i wish all of life was this way i don't want this to stop right now all the time it's too it's too narrow focus but it's good for conversations don't tell me what i want i will stay here and put anybody in those headphones calm down relax everybody just calm would agree with me. Relax. Calm down, Joe. <laughs> Will you calm down, Joe Rogan? That's my favorite thing to say when someone's not worked up. You're working with a yeah. young person in a corporate, Yeah. you know, it's serious, it's CNN. Down. And they're not at all worked up. They're like, hey, do you want me to uh, send that over? Calm down, okay? Like, I was, what are you talking, I was totally normal. Um, what percentage of people that you worked with run Adderall? Oh my God, I wish I know. I what thought everybody think? around me was on something. What do you think? Antidepressants, I thought. Would you think it would be a high number? Adderall, I don't know. I don't know anything about Adderall. So, I know a lot about, and I hear a lot about Xanax and antidepressants mm-hmm, and yep. anti-anxieties, yep. none of which I've ever put in my body. Those are spooky. I think some people need them. I think uh, for some people, they have a bad chemical makeup. I mean, this is just a fact, just like some people have thyroid cancer, right? Some people have, there's, there's an, a missing link there's something wrong with the way their brain's firing. And this is just a biological issue because we're, you know, we're not, you, there's, you don't there's pick situational depression. Sure. There's and, a lot and, of issues. And, and, and Johan Hari writes about that in his new book. Yep, and there's yep. been a lot of really great work written about it, academic research on it. And the academic research on neuropsychology, my understanding is that it's like, we know so little about the brain. Mm-hmm. We're very early in trying to understand it. So these medications, like right now, dealing with like career, like my tr- career transition, right, and thinking about running for Congress, dealing with my dad, that to me is not a reason to take an antidepressant. That's right. that's no, you work. Well, now friend- you now you just hit it hard and you do what you do and you don't make excuses and you just you just work. My friend Jordan Peterson um, had an issue where his wife was uh she had developed liver cancer it was very serious oh dear. yeah very scary i did not know that about him i know of him and, and his work but i did not know that it's she was very very sick and um he you know they've been together since high school oh. he loves her dearly oh. and he started freaking out so he got on something what was it called Kalonapin? is that what it oh, was oh yeah yeah i'm familiar with that and um, i've heard of it 
No, uh, she had a miraculous recovery. Everybody's happy about that. But then oh, he had a really, 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 yeah, that's amazing. She had surgery. Oh and, wow! But he had she a, get a transplant. I don't know. Oh, uh, but he had a really difficult issue with the clonopin. Really bad. Oh, he used it to deal with that situation. Yes, and yes. what was the issue? Well, he uh, was going through severe withdrawals, and he had to check mm. himself into a rehab. Center. Oh, yeah, that's a. Yeah. I hear that's a very. I have a a, a family member who did everything including heroin and it's so great to hear Artie on the show because I uh, I called up Artie when he was doing heroin to ask him how, seri- how serious it was he goes let me ask you two questions I go alright he goes is he have like a, a good life is he have a job or kids or anything I was like no he's just a single guy and he goes is he shooting it or snorting it I go he's shooting it and he goes I can't help you <laughs> <laughs> like that was the worst <laughs> That's true, though. I have so many arty stories. Yeah, on the road with him for so long, but it's so nice to I, see him doing well. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's doing great. I mean, he really is. He he's certainly like, seems so. Artie called me. Man. He's one of my closest friends. My wife and I spent a lot of time with him, and uh, I love him to death. And I'm his story is the most remarkable story. It's one of the most remarkable stories in comedy. He's one of the funniest. He's one of the kings of comedy, and uh, he's a close brother of mine for a long time. So watching him with you, I can't wait to see him. Yeah, no, he's got. I got seventeen numbers for him. I'll give you the real one if he lets me. No greater storyteller alive. He's up there. He's no no greater. Yogi Berra was good. His fucking stories are Dick incredible. Dick Cavett's pretty good. He's Shout got this out thing to Dick he Cavett. Does with his fingers too. Like we, oh t- yeah. Already tells you stories. Does a lot of this. Hey, so am I? A lot of like movement with his fingers. Like he's like he's got a little show he's doing. There's a lot happening. He is a performer. He gets it. He oh gets it God. all. Oh, it's yeah. He, he, uh, I was waiting in the wings. He's going out. I open for him. I come back. They play uh, The Who, which song that he came out to. And he just, at his, at his heaviest, just falls back into me. And I had a brace. You know, I'm a tiny, muscular guy. And I, like, push him back up and literally push him on stage. He's, like, zoning off. That's hilarious. Like, falling asleep out there. That's hilarious. I mean, there's just so much to see him and his recovery. Should give everybody hope. It should give everybody hope. And it's interesting too because I don't think. But he's back ever to the drugs. Funnier. Yeah, yeah. He but Artie is at top of his game, and uh, really excited to see him. And one of the funniest guys, and uh, one of the most generous guys, man. Yeah, he helped everybody. To the, it was too much. I would tell him, like, you, you can't. He was dude. That guy supported so many comics. In I ways that were like beyond generous, the way that you do, by the way, I, by I, the I way wanna, that you do. I want to see his stand-up. I want to see it. I want to know where he's at because I know, I know he's doing only gigs around the New York area. But I'm thinking about if I have to go to the East Coast, I'm thinking about taking a trip. I just want to see, see you there. Yeah, because like see him now. It's like all the years that I've known him, he was always fucked up. Yeah, I was on the I've road with him, him a lot of that time. I witnessed a lot of stuff. It would, we would just be hanging out. He'd be gone all day. Like, where were you? Like, um, yeah, a hooker all day. <laughs> you know, we're in Vegas by the pool at his cabana, and he wasn't with us. Like, yeah. where's the king, man? Is well, he ever going to come down? Did you see the hooker? Maybe. I mean, was she yeah, hot? I wouldn't have hung out with us either. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but it was a nice day. We wanted to hang out with him. He's got through on the other side. I just hope he could stay on this side. Yeah, but the point is, Artie is, a, is not... Uh, 
he is an aberration. He is an mm-hmm. exception for any number of reasons. He happens to be one of the most talentedly funny people that he just can't fail because everybody wants to be around him and be with him but and see him perform. But drugs in this country, whether they be antidepressants or the opiates, like that's something we should come together around yeah. as well. Yeah, and, I think so. And we're medicating, you know, I think far too much. I, uh, I'd love for you to talk to uh, my friend, Dr. Aaron Carroll, who's written so many, writes for the New York Times. He's got a, amazing youtube channel beg you to have him on the show because he talks he's so he's a research expert and uh there's so much to talk with him about in terms of all this stuff supplements fasting and nutrition and uh you absolutely love him i want everybody to know about his work is he a doctor yeah he's a pediatrician at indiana university school of medicine he contributes to new york times he's got this youtube channel with like it's called healthcare triage he's a really smart guy and he does all He's just really great at explaining research. Is his thought that people are over-medicating? I'm not sure. I don't want to speak for him. Yeah, that's a tricky one, right? I think it's uh, those words. No, I mean, like people get very resentful about that, number one. Don't tell me I'm a bad parent or a bad person. This helps, works for me. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, we've got to be careful. We've got to be very easy on the judgment yeah. with all that. Whatever, I, I kind of feel whatever gets you through the day. Well, but I don't if know it's, how your brain works. Like to pretend, to pretend that your brain works like my brain and that I know for sure that if I was inside your head, I would be thinking the way I a- think out amen. here. It's impossible. Amen. I don't know what it feels like. Like I know I have a baseline, right? I have a, I have, when I'm healthy, when I'm, I, have, I know who I am. I'm, I'm that guy, right? But if could you imagine being someone else other than who you, you what you know and what you're comfortable with? You can't. That's imagine why you have to, the chemical makeup of a no, different person. You can't know what anybody's going through in their day. Imagine if you were a woman and you were on your period. Imagine I have. What that feels like often. I've have thought you? about that. I've thought about it all. I never thought about it until just now. I have, don't you have daughters? <laughs> yes, but I never thought I about myself think... having a period or having premenstrual syndrome. Symptoms, yeah, that's a that sounds uh, like very little fun. PMS sounds like a real bummer. Yeah, once the whole, a month you're going to become a cunt. Uh, the <laughs> like, whole situation. You let everybody know in advance. Right, I'm going to take calcium tablets. I'm going to do my best. But when the storm comes, imagine. I try to just be aware of that. But my wife and I are usually at the same baseline, regardless of what's going on. It doesn't affect everyone. Some I don't know if it does. Maybe that. it does, but like, it's something to be sensitive about because it's something that we don't have to deal with. I, you know what I hate, dude, is I got a vasectomy, and this idea that any guy would ever not do that is bizarre to me. It's the greatest thing. I highly recommend it. Population control and no more condoms, and your wife should never have to put a drug in her body or cut, you know, tire mm. tubes. That's horrific, unless I guess yeah. she's just giving birth, maybe. But I'm very pro-vasectomy. Do you think that we're going to come a time, there's going to come a time in America where there's too many people, where we have like a, a Delhi-India type situation? I think that is the case in too many communities right now, in impoverished communities, that there's too many people for the resources. That's yeah. how you measure it. It's not, I mean, how do you measure too many people? Congestion, overabundance of traffic like right now in la um when i come home from the 405 or get home from the airport i'm driving home on the 405 i'm like why yeah this is my first experience on it there's it's 10 o'clock and it's bumper to bumper that's rough for miles and miles and miles like where is everybody going that's another way to define poverty well unless you're listening to a great conversation like ours but even then it's not worth it how dare you it's not worth it being stuck in that if you well see one thing is being stuck in it. The other thing is being stuck in it every day. I mean, There's it's horrible for your County. body. It's horrible yeah. for your body to sit there. Dude, when I stopped commuting, I had this driving neck pain every mm-hmm. day, 43. And like a knife every day. I stopped commuting, 
gone. Gone. Yeah, gone. Absolutely yeah. sitting in a car. Yeah. You got to try to offset that if that's something that, something that you have to deal with because it's really hard. But it's a, that's, I, I think that having right now in America, in many communities, there are not enough resources for the people that are living there in terms of healthy food and uh, access to education and health care. That's, Joe, that's how I define like morality of a society, how uh-huh. we take care of each other. Sure. And we all don't have the same access in this country. I urge people to study poverty and not get caught up in the tribalism of the argument of why people are in poverty. No, there's a long, really interesting and important field of study, and there's a whole bunch of anti-poverty people that I love talking to. And Ant- what do you mean by anti-poverty people? Like just working to you know oh, decrease poverty, poverty on yeah. with using private, yeah. public, any number of different resources. You know, solving the problem. Yeah, that's one thing that I think morally we we fucked up with with not having healthcare available to everybody readily, easily. And if you're going to pay for things, if we're going to decide that we're a community, right? We're basically a community of 300 whatever million people. We got to two things: you got to educate people, and you got to take care of the sick. And you should have food figured out. Right, <laughs> but we don't have. Yeah, we don't have be, two yeah. of those things, and no, one of them no. is terrible. The education no. system in inner cities is often terrible. Right, the the food thing is a fucking mess. Food stamps is a mess. Right, the education system and rural, rural uh, you know, in tribal communities, we nobody yeah. ever talks about tribal communities. I've done a lot of work with them, and and I keep saying that by the way. I'm no noble, like just like advocating, for, you know, the type of stuff that I know that you do, and just trying to understand what they do, and right. and uh, advocate for the solutions. And tribal communities and impoverished communities are all over this country in rural areas uh, and obviously in urban areas. We have a lot of it and we can solve those problems. But being divided the way we are on not understanding the root of poverty, Michelle Alexander's The New Jim Crow takes on racial injustice and mass incarceration. You just read that book. You'll be a completely different person understanding history. Well, the things that we need to, to the drug have war. in order to establish, yeah, drug war for sure. I mean, that's, to, when is that going to end? Where order. are we? Yeah, well, look what's Our going generation on. has an agreement about that. End that. Yeah. End that shit. Legalize yeah. all of it. All of it. Legalize it. Regulate it. Anything anybody wants to do. What we have been doing, what's going on in Mexico right now is nuts. Yep. It's crazy. And that's because of our demand for it. We're directly connected to their problems. That's just basic economics and commerce legalize it it's not going to solve it's not going to end the drug cartels they're always going to be there yeah but don't simplify this problem and don't demonize it name it and solve it we've been, there's just been so much loss and pain it's got to end yeah it's a and it can whoever gets elected as president has to stop with this punitive justice bullshit where you punish people for their behavior i just heard about this kid who got caught with weed in his car in high school and his principal threw him off the golf team and his dad was like why would you do that why would you not let him do the thing that he loves. That's not, that, you know, he's just going to get sit around all day. He's doing a great thing. Don't, this idea of punishment is changing your behavior. Like, we can get beyond that. I think it's we can get beyond with we, that. We certainly can, especially weed for a kid. No, but anything for golf. kids, like consequences for right. kids, like spanking your kids is, is, is prehistoric. It's prehistoric. But, I mean, what you're talking about when it comes to this kid with weed is... is completely absurd do you think he would have got kicked off if he got caught having a shot at jack daniels would he have gotten kicked off a team for life if you know something happened at a party and he wound up having a shot of uh 
vodka with his friends. Well, no. he also, I should say, he had a bucket of grenades in the passenger seat as well, oh, Joe, yeah. and a, pa- a bag what of What kind of grenades? Love grenades? No, that's what it was. It was you're absolutely right. That's all, that's all it was. Stupid. It's, it, Whoever it's made that idea. decision is an asshole. Well, yes, of course. Well, yeah. well, hold on. Their judgment is clearly wrong. Yes. But it's minimizing an them move. as an asshole, it is an asshole move. It's an asshole move. You're, but t- you're taking a kid and you're ruining his life. And trying Whether to understand, or not you want to be an asshole or not. Try to understand why that person made that dis- decision in administration, why the system has that kind of punitive component to it. I mean, that's what our, yeah, our whole just, incarceration, the capital yes. punishment, only in America, of all the civilized, that's so horrific and stupid and mm-hmm. expensive. And now even, you know, most conservatives now agree that that is the case and when hopefully we're drumming penalty. it out. Well, what about crazy. the death penalty for mass murderers? What do you crazy. do for someone like um, doesn't matter. Ed Gain? What it doesn't do matter what they did, Joe, because John you Wayne can't Gacy. prove if you one percent of it, the numbers are like four percent of people who are killed were innocent. That yeah. percentage, everybody agrees, is way too high. Some people like if it was only one percent in the in the community that debates these issues, uh, but if, as long as it's four percent of people are innocent, you can't have that system. For that reason, regardless of the penalty, A, and B, no one's thinking when they're murdering someone about what the penalty for murder is going to be. That's not why they're doing it. Doesn't, it does not work as a deterrent. There's a ton of research on that. It's silly. It's right. silly that okay. you think, well, if I'm, I'm not going to murder this person because I'm going to go to jail for life. That's not why you don't murder somebody. No, Nobody no wants to murder another person. But what do you do with that person? Do you just put them in a cage for the rest of their life? No, you rehabilitate them. You rehabilitate you, you, you re- John you, Wayne Gacy? Yes. Or you, you take a no. guy who fucks kids and kills them no, and if you digs can't, a hole in his basement and leaves the kids there. If you can't rehabilitate him, you put him in a humane place cage. You don't kill him. That's you what I But you're killing him. You're just killing him real slow with life. You're separating him from freedom and you, you're locking him up in a cage. You have to separate him from freedom if he's raping kids. I agree with that. Right. Yeah. But if you know for but a fact But you can that rehabilitate like people. Ki- but hold on. You're killing him either way. You're either killing him with nature and I time- guess. Or you're going to kill him. So if you're going to leave him in this in this cage and yeah. he's innocent, that's almost worse than killing him. If you kill him, it's quick. If you're going to leave him in that cage and he's actually one of the 4% that's innocent. I'm for letting him kill himself. Okay. You're not going to let him kill himself. Yeah, give him a, give him, just, gets, just be like, listen, he here's Epstein'd. a rope. Here's a rope. You, can, you yeah. can make a rope swing and I'll give you a swing and you can swing on it if you want. That's what I get there. I, I mean, I don't... Ma- the problem is you're trying to find a binary answer to a messy question. No, I don't think it's a messy question. My answer is no. I don't, I don't believe in the state, by the way. If your the kid state execu- that's the state executing people. Yeah. by John Wayne Gacy, and they've, yeah. they've found your kid in the basement of John Wayne Gacy's house, you wouldn't want him dead? I can't deal with that hypothetical. I can't either. But, I'm not, I'm not, I'm but not but doing that. I'll think that. for someone else, and I'll say I, yes. John Wayne Gacy definitely killed a bunch of Well, a of lot of people kids. was kid. I don't think the people... I mean, this is worst case scenario, right? We're playing a thought yeah, yeah, experiment. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, absolutely. It's a, a great part. It's a thought experiment. It's a hypothetical. And I just wouldn't... If someone was in that situation, if, you know, they're a, a parent in Newtown, I think a lot of those parents... I mean, uh, this guy who was killed in the Charleston church shooting... I don't say these maniacs' names into right. microphones, okay. but... Uh, the Charleston, the white supremacists mm-hmm. wanted to start the Civil War, shot right. all those black people. Just, Obama went down there and yeah. sang Amazing Grace. It's lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember that when we yes. would recover from horrible disasters with the president singing Amazing Grace? Yeah. Well, you remember 9 11. But like we those people before. forgave that shooter. They forgave him for killing. All those black people forgave that white man and were, you know, the greatest role models of actual, you know, Christians behaving Christian, by the way. 
And I think that you can forgive. I think that that doesn't have to be a religious tenant. I think that you can forgive and you can rehabilitate. But I won't buy, you know, the hypothet- in the hypothetical situation, obviously I would, by the way, I, I would defend my, I would kill anybody who ever threatened my family. I would have no problem with that. I'm not morally against that. Yeah, it's a different thing yeah, than killing I mean, someone that you've got detained when deciding that their their life is over. Yeah, I don't th- I don't think the state should be responsible for that and the idea that we would give the, well, the state the trust. The most horrific shit is when you find out that the DA withheld information that would lead to the exoneration of someone or that they're unjustly incarcerated and one of the Happens cops knew all about it. The all time. the time. That's one of the most horrific injustices in this yeah. country and obviously it's got a racial component to it and it's horrible. Yeah. And the justice system is obviously that's a really interesting thing to talk about in constitutional law is a fascinating thing for people studying this idea that we argue about the Second Amendment. Like, let's let constitutional lawyers, I think, discuss a lot of those things. And we should all understand that and be curious about it. But I would – our Constitution is also silly. Like, let's remake everything. Like, let's have that conversation. There's so much better that we can do. Have a serious conversation about what kind of guns and bullets people can have. Not that they can have them or that they can't have Like, that's the conversation. That's where we should be right now. Everything gets regulated. Everything. There are trade-offs in healthcare. There are trade-offs in everything. But Americans now are so divided, they want everything that they want. That, they, that compromise is something that we don't do as Americans, much less in, in government. That's, that's preposterous. The, well, the Democrats that demand purity or, or anybody that is doing that, you don't agree with me, you're wrong. Hold on. That's not – no. You're rela- you don't have any relationships with people in your real life like that. Like my wife and I don't agree on a, bu- a lot of stuff. But I love her. Is my I, I adore her. Well, it's what we talked about before. They're on teams, and you want your team to win, so you state why. Why do you want your team to win? It's a natural thing with human beings. All right, I, I agree with that. What I'm saying about the gun thing, the most fucked up part about the messiness of the gun thing, is that even if you made guns illegal, even if you said you can't have any bullets, you'll all go to jail. There's so many guns, you're not getting them all. It's not possible. Eek. There's more guns than there are people, which means there's more than 300 and what, 30 million guns there are. in this country alone? It's absolutely it's the crazy. most important point in the discussion. That's a nutty number, man. You really stop and think about that number? You're like, what? Is that real? But you don't really stop the behavior by necessarily creating certain laws about why someone might behave yes. a certain way and shoot people. That's not going to necessarily change. What you do is you do limit the access to uh, certain types of weapons and rounds of ammunition, right? Yeah, well, the, the real question is why would someone do that, right? That's the number one question. Uh, like limiting, like, it's a, it's a harder question. It's a harder, qu- but it's a harder question to answer. The easier question to answer is make them less accessible. Yes, if the people who have problems that we can't ex- figure accessible. out or solve. If you could make them less accessible, but the, the president will blame like I don't mean to get political, but like the, the, there's no data on the video game argument. That there's no data on that. Well, the video game argument is interesting because I've had soldiers bring it up to me, including Dakota Meyer. Yeah, I heard and that conversation. I'm, I'm willing to have it. I mean, I don't, I don't think it necessarily makes sense that people would act out in a certain way that's horrific because of a video game. But if they were already inclined to violence to begin with, maybe they already had a fucking short circuit, and then they get desensitized. 
to violence in movies and violence in video games, does that have an impact on them? I'm not the guy to answer that question. Whether or not it has an impact on them. It's a variable. But it's a variable that I think merits discussion. I don't know if it's true or not. Here's why I don't think it is. Because... You don't think it merits discussion? Well, let me make this point and then you decide if you think it merits discussion. Okay. The violent video games are played at far higher rates in Japan and they don't have the gun violence we have. It's a good point. They have a very different culture, though. The way they don't they have they access to guns. Other. That's true. That's it. The, 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 but but can, they don't it, also have a lot of... They've had a few mass Joe, stabbings. It, the, 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 it's but, the access. I, dude, I've shot guns. I shoot guns. I get the... I, I, I have nothing but respect for hunters. I grew up in a hunting community. Uh, but, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think that there's much past the conversation about access, accessibility to guns that can fire that many rounds that quickly, killing that many people. I don't think we have to get rid of those somehow. But I agree. How do you do it? Yeah, that's 300, the question. You're, that's the most important point. There's already 330. There's more guns than there are people. So what do you do? So by the way, I think you buy as many as you can back for sure. You spend a whole bunch of taxpayer money. Just help. By the way, there's a ton of people in a bind right now that have a rifle. But like, oh my God, I'm not gonna be able to afford my insulin. Let me get rid of this uh, AK-47 to live another month. You buy some guns back, it's a good expenditure of money, and then melt them down and turn them into furniture for uh, people. So if you wanted to do that without changing the Second Amendment, like you just have a, a buyback where you just offer people the opportunity to make some money by giving their guns up. Well, the, the Second Amendment has been interpreted wrong by the Supreme Court, in my opinion. I mean, it doesn't say that people should have... Until 2008, it didn't say that. Nobody thought that, that people should have a personal right to guns till the Heller case. But, so I don't think you even need to talk about the Second Amendment. I think just people just need to agree that these guns shouldn't be sold. Well, the you ammunition. need to talk about the Second Amendment. I mean, it's, it's a big conversation. No, because people country. can have guns. You can have guns. The brick has but a right to have guns. You okay, just can't have these guns anymore. Well, no more of those ones. You can have all these regional guns. regional restrictions anyway, right? Like and they in work. New York City, you can't have a handgun. Yeah, they work. Right? You can't even, I don't think you can have a, 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 you can have a switchblade in New York City. Hmm. Yeah, Cyrus uh, Vance, the, the DA there, mm-hmm. is like terrified that they're changing, the federal government is changing the law because he knows that those gun laws in New York work really well. And by the way, people always make the argument, well, they have those gun laws in Chicago and there's a ton of violence. That's because Chicago's on the border of Indiana. It doesn't have them. Guns go across the border just fine. That's the, the gun laws work. They work. Well, Chicago's also in the middle of a bitter drug war. Well, yeah. I mean, that's where yeah. the violence is coming from. But yeah. we should people should have less accessibility to those types of guns like every other civil society in the world. Come on. This is like... But it goes back to what you were talking about before. Like that drugs, if they were legal, you wouldn't have that sort of a drug war. Right. Yet. For sure. It's the root of most of the violence in the inner cities and, and obviously in Mexico. Yeah. yeah it's, it's black markets. It's the illicit yeah. drug... Yeah, they're making tons of money on that. What is the Second Amendment exactly as it's written? Can you, the t- right to bear arms shall not be infringed. So how do you think that the Supreme Court misinterpreted that? That in the, in the 2008 case, everybody should just, uh, I would plug the work of Eric Siegel. Who's a well-regulated a, militia being necessary to the security of a free state. Comma. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Yeah, those commas get argued by I know. constitutional scholars. scholars for a day. Yeah, days but the Supreme top. Court didn't decide until 2008 that Americans had a right to have their own weapon. That's such a crazy statement. Like when you read it, it's so interesting because 
you, we're, we're going back in time trying to figure out how people in 1776 thought about guns and whether or not that applies to us. Because if it doesn't apply to us, we have to think, on oh, 1789, we, if it doesn't apply to us, we have to think, well, then who gets to decide? Like one of the reasons we get why, to decide as a society on on any of these things. One of the things, reasons why it's so interesting. What I want to believe. One of the reasons why it's so interesting to read these things is like we have, for whatever reason, when things get written written into stone or carved into a, a, a stone or written onto a document, like the First Amendment, like the freedom of expression. We that is that we we have it. So we all agree on it. Freedom of we speech. We don't want to change it. Free, free, yeah, freedom of speech, freedom of expression, whatever. We Same. we want to. We want to hold on to that. We want to keep it. Sure. Like, this is our All law. All humans do. And the Second Amendment, the right to have a gun. That's our law. We got it written down. Look, look, look. It's written there. So they'll study these ancient words, like scrolls. Like they go over these the, scrolls and look at the commas and look at the words. Yeah. Shall not be infringed upon. What did they mean? That's, the, a, that's fascinating. It me. is It is fascinating, but I think that they didn't mean this, Joe. I think that- well, they did, How could they? They didn't no, know they, what this they, is. They, they didn't. And the, the, the whole gun thing is a racket to make money. That's what that is. It's, it's a way you sell fear. Like, are you, I mean, home invasion is any family's worst fear, but it doesn't happen very much, nor does kidnapping, nor do all, a lot of these crimes that all my helicopter, our generation of parents is helicopter parents terrified of everything, not- That's true. That's true. Not You're letting right. their kids go outside- you're right. Come home, on. Thinking that your kid's going to get kidnapped, you don't know anybody okay. who had their kid kidnapped. You're, but you're generalizing because home well, invasions do happen sometimes. Right, People but that's not how we should make sometimes. laws. But we don't have to exist like everybody's going to kidnap your kid or everyone's going to break into your home. But, but I'm saying but those kind the of- The balance is that sometimes it's real. That's why people want to be able to have guns, because sometimes someone can break in your house and people have defended their house but, and their property with guns. Sure, but it's, it's, is it a way, is it a realistic threat, or is it something that the, that the gun industry creates these amazing ads and scares the shit out of people? Oh, come on, man. Crime is real. You know? yeah, cr whether, whether they crime make is real, ads or it's not, certainly crime real. is still real. I think... The, the clear point is the reason why we have so many guns in America is because there's so much money to be made off of them. I think we could absolutely limit them and regulate them and have a thoughtful conversation. I think that's where most, most people are at, although I hate that generalization. There's something to that, but there's also something to the reason why we have so many cars. People like First, them. I'll have that conversation. People we should like get rid them. of all the cars. Okay. Well, I mean, we're not. Don't that get me seems wrong. Ridiculous. But, Why should well, we get rid of all the cars? Do you not like freedom, or do you want? Do you have a better solution? Are you going to? I don't have a better places? solution, but if there, there, there should be one. Or I think that we are killing ourselves with all the cars. The pollution is okay, but you can make get an them electric. electric. Car. Yeah, then yeah. that's fine. I think I would be fine if they were, I have a Chevy Volt since 2012. I have solar panels. I'm trying to be the change I want to see in the world. If I'm coming off as, uh, act, I'm a complete hypocrite in all of it. I eat meat and I do all kinds of things. I think having a thoughtful conversation about guns and why they're a huge part of our culture and not another culture, the way that other cultures and countries regulate their weapons, the, the problems that they have, our problem, sure, we should talk about mental health. But the problem with that conversation that people don't want to have is everything costs money. That's why you have to pay taxes. Paying taxes is the price of civilization. What does that have to do with mental health? You have to pay for people to help people. Right. You can't advocate in government, Republican or Democrat, for the – this is what, unfortunately, 
Trump and Republicans have advocated, let's get mental health solutions to the violence. Let's do that. And everybody's behind that, except they cut the Obamacare programs that funded mental health. It's just you can't do You have to spend the money providing mental health. It is a problem. It should be addressed. But it's not the main issue is definitely the guns and the bullets in them. Well, the main issue is the person that's capable of shooting people with the guns and the bullets. No, it's the without, guns and the bullets. The guns and the bullet are inanimate objects. Without a person pulling the trigger, we're talking nonsense here. They're not going to just shoot themselves. The main problem people, is someone people shoot who's themselves. willing, the main problem the is someone issue who's willing violence, to grab suicide. the gun and yep. shoot people, right? We agreed. We both agree there's problems with having no, guns. I, I, but don't you think the main problem is the person who actually shoots people? I think that in every other country in the world, they don't have this problem because they don't have the gun. That's my, where I start and end on the argument. Okay. Why, why is that they, wrong? They might. They might it, that might be the case that they don't have the guns. But there are places that do have guns and they don't have a lot of mass shootings. Canada's one of them, right? Canada, they don't, no, they don't have the type of guns we have up there. They have a lot of guns. They do, but they don't have AK-47s with unlimited rounds. They don't have the, That's crazy. Well, that's do you crazy. think they have more and I, by or way, less I love, limitations? I've shot those guns. They're awesome. I get it. Do you think they have more or less limitations to what firearms they're allowed to have in, I believe in the, Canada? I believe the Can uh, Canadian gun laws are far stronger, I think more they regulated. just tried passing they don't have something, some, some really recently Trudeau announced something that was going to severely limit, this is very recent, mm. severely limit the type of firearms you could have, including things that can have uh, multiple rounds in chambers and certain types of guns that are used right now as hunting rifles. And so there was a big pushback about that. This was really there's recently. Always, there's always See if you can find that? The conversation about like like the, the freedom, like the, the Second Amendment to me is... It's just your interpretation. Fine. Whatever your interpretation is, is well, fine. That, that's what's interesting about it. But there's a it human is, it impact. Is. It's a healthcare issue. And, they, and they, the, it's so extreme. It's really, if you want to know the answer to healthcare issues, you should talk to public health experts. They have those answers. They have the research. But, but, but wait, hold on. What research? On what? On, well, they don't, have enough research on, they don't have enough research on gun violence, well, what unfortunately. What are you talking about then? I'm talking about if you want to know the solutions for what is impacting and creating uh, death by any measure, accidental death. Right, but we're uh, talking about gun violence, right? right? What healthcare professionals have the solutions to gun violence? I think a lot of healthcare solutions. I think I think certainly surgeons have argued for why certain ammunition is destroying the inside of the the body and unsurvivable. I think public health officials have argued. Certainly, pediatricians all argued this idea that you can't ask a parent if they have a gun in the house because the gun lobby is against that because they're building this conspiracy that the government is going to track your gun. That's terrible. Your pediatrician has to ask you, do you have a pool? Where do you keep the poison? Where are the guns? Because God forbid, you don't, you're not responsible enough or educated enough to know that that kid might accidentally get that gun and it happens all the time. There's a rule against that. Yeah, public health officials and, and doctors and physicians are pretty much on the same case with this issue. These guns and mental health, I think experts too. I, I don't know. Maybe there's a, a large disagreement. And if there is, I'm happy to be wrong about this or any dumb shit I've said. Well, what you're saying is that these public health officials would be able to make these guns less lethal by banning certain types of ammunition because it's destroying people and checking to see if the parents... Uh, know if they have a gun or where the gun is or how it's treated, how it's locked up, like that they should, I mean, how, how do you feel like public officials, public health officials yeah. could have any impact on that? Well, public health ex experts are, you know, their entire responsibility is to keep people safe from right. sickness and death. But by ban look, if, so you have they bullets, have to if you have any bullets at all, they're lethal. 
right? So do you want to have bullets that are less lethal? I think that could be a law, for sure. Why less not? Less lethal. Yeah, to, to human bodies. Yeah, we shouldn't be killing each other with bullets all the time. A bullet will stop anybody, a blunt or bu- whatever it is. I don't understand the arguments about ammunition. But the point about uh, But you brought health, it up. That's yeah, why I brought it up. Fine. Public health experts will look at what is creating sickness and death. Okay. Car accidents. What I'm saying to you yeah. is that I think it's disingenuous to say that public health officials have an answer to why we're having so much mass violence. I don't think anybody has an answer. I think we're terrified. And I think we, we could say it's if they didn't have guns, they wouldn't be able to do it. And you're right. And I could say if we these people weren't mentally handicapped or filled with, uh, no, I shouldn't say handicapped, multi- mentally compromised, uh, filled with all, all kinds of, of demons, all, all kinds, kinds of, of demons, all Agreed. sorts of different medications yeah. that are fucking with their judgment, Maybe, yeah. uh, abuse, uh, all sorts of Tons trauma of they experience in childhood. There's a lot of factors. Sure. No one, no one has any idea why someone who is abused and who's fucked up is capable of making that leap. We have some thoughts on it. That's all. We have some thoughts on it, and we talk about it endlessly. And you're you're right. If no one had a gun, there would be no issue with that. You wouldn't be able to mass shoot people. But would we still have fucked up people that are lashing out trying to hurt people? I think we would. Of course, we always will, but we have to fund mental health. We have to fund research. Yeah, a lot of people are. No, I'm not. I think you should. I think we should, not only should we comp... People don't want government the way to we spend think money. About mental health, we sh- it should be a top priority. Yeah, I think we should think about having four hour work days being mandatory. Done. I think we should help people. I think you, you know they just did an experiment. Microsoft did in Japan, in fact, and they found that a four hour, a four day work week rather increased productivity by forty percent. Yeah, I think a lot of people. I don't know. Maybe this is their culture. Or maybe this is a specific instance. The type of people that would get a job at Microsoft. <laughs> But, you know, what what you're dealing with for most people is uh, beaten down shells that are tired. But tie of- all that together. Go back to the gun argument. Argue for the four-hour work week and any other type of benefits that civilized nations around the world, especially in Sc- Scandinavia, have. Studying that culture is really interesting and what they do. Yeah. And, and you realize that there's any number of things that you can do to help people. And... How do you, you have to be able to fund those solutions and people don't want to do it. Right. People don't want to pay more taxes, but they also have a distrust in the way the government spends their money. So it but, becomes but a catch-22. I'm sorry. Even but, if they wanted things to be better, they don't trust the government to spend their money. Like if you work hard and you make X amount of dollars and the government wants 45% That's always a fair argument, it, but there's not yeah. a be- necessarily a better way. Fine. I give you that argument. But there, we have to come together as a society and agree, this is how we're going to spend money on the fire department, on schools, mm-hmm. and so on. Yeah. Well, no one's arguing. Yeah, but the rest of the world, why is so many other places in Scandinavia happier than us? One of the reasons is we have to worry about getting shot. We should not have to worry about that. Is we that have to worry about health insurance. We should not have to worry about that. We have to worry about getting paying for our education. Those are things that mm-hmm. other people in other countries don't have to be as concerned about that. They're happier. They're more relaxed. Well, they're also way smaller. It's, just, it's like Idaho not, versus the entire United States of America. And you're, all, I, you're right. But that's not, that, that's stuff, not how you study, you know, so, socioeconomics says something different about the well, size of the country. Well, it matters, sure. but it, It's a huge factor. It's a factor in the way people behave. I mean, they've done studies where they've taken cameras and they put them on opposite ends of the street and they can tell by how fast, fast people walk and they can tell by how many syllables they say in a minute exactly the number of people that are in that city. Yeah. There's a direct correlation between large groups of people yeah. and hostile behavior, fast thinking, moving quickly, talking quickly, being impatient. All those things contribute to sure. a less healthy society. Sure. When you deal with a small country that has less less people you have less of that 
but it but it's it still doesn't change the idea even if we disagreed on that that looking at how other nations societies neighborhoods by the way forget about that not don't make it about america what's this city over here doing what's this community doing over here mayors are working together really effectively to solve problems cities they have these these unions all the time these comings together and uh, they're doing a lot of good work communities can copy other communities but if you look if we, we so often talk about our national system and that's generally what we're talking about with many of these issues here you look at Scandinavia. People are happier there. Why? I don't know if that's true. Why is that There's true? There's so much but why research. Why is that true that they're happier? What does that mean? Because if you don't have people, to worry, it's a big, big giant generalization. There's got to be some depressed people in Scandinavia. There are, of course, so are there, there less, are. Right? Uh, don't get me wrong, dude. They're right. horrible. They're suicidal. They have all kinds of problems. There's in places general. in the United States that are happier than other places sure, of course. in the United States. Yeah, a it's lot of access to education and healthcare. You can't. It's also be, environment. It's also sure. the the beauty of their surroundings. Absolutely. It's also, whether or not it's a small town or a large city. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's places like Boulder, Colorado, super healthy, happy places. Yeah. But there's only a hundred thousand people there. Right. That's how and, we. And it's gorgeous. We need. I think that's we have to radically change the way that we live in our communities. And I think there's so much interesting conversation we had about sharing everything. You know, the car, the car comes, picks you up whenever you need it and all that. You can still have your own car or whatever, but just the idea of ride sharing, home sharing, and communities. Home sharing? Like, you share uh, your house with somebody? Uh, you could have, you could, through technology, you could just have, no, you're not going to share your house with somebody, but so in a that? community. Like a kibbutz of the future, surrounded by, there's a place called Saren Bay down south. It's got biophilic design and everything is like renewable. The way they live, everybody is just how you described. It's like a small town. Everybody is always on foot walking, communicating, mm. surrounded by nature, uh, exercising. Well, it's definitely better when you can get that, if you can get that. It's just it's hard to sustain large groups. I mean, there's, Absolutely. there's no getting away from the number of people we have here, you know, and then... Like also like You're the smaller right. the group, the less minds you have that you interact. You with were talking too. with somebody that scientist who lives in the van. It was a fascinating Chris conversation, Ryan. and I feel like That's you made boy. the point about he's great. It was great. I was sealing my parents' basement listening to that show, and uh, he talked about or you did maybe Moore's law. Is that what I think it? he talked about it as well. That was Those pretty interesting. I never heard anything like that. But about a, it's only you have to have a certain amount of people before kind of chaos. No, no, or no. corruption. No, no. What is it? Uh, that's that was um, Dunbar's number. Dunbar's number ah. is 150 people. Moore's law is the law that pertains to technological. Oh, technological uh, improvement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, Dunbar's number. The rate of improvement of how technology and that's going straight up, and that's fascinating. And Andrew Yang understands that, and Joe Biden doesn't. That's a, Dun a huge issue. Dunbar's number is the amount of people that you can keep semi-intimate relationships with and it seems to have a direct correlation between ancient tribal structures so I'm they fascinated think it's about, by that they think it's about 150 people and more or less I'm sure people vary like they vary in everything else intelligence, height people vary in everything but, but they, they, this number seems to be fairly consistent that you can't really have more than 150 people in your life don't you think Thanos was right and be in a way with them yeah yeah no that's the problem with that movie Thanos had a point right yeah, I mean, he's a piece of shit, but he had a point. The way he went about it was wrong. Yeah, he was a dickhead. He killed a lot of people. He snapped that everybody died. And then but he wanted to live on his own island like an asshole. He has a whole the big, planet where he yeah. lives on it. And the sun would always set on his face. Yeah, fuck him. And James Brolin. Ugh. I was glad when Thor fucked him up. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> my daughter got to interview the co-directors as part of my old show. My favorite it's Josh memory. Josh Brolin, by the way. What did I say? James. 
They're both handsome. They are. But yeah, yeah. Thanos. And but the idea that's a, the idea of balance. Do you think about that? Like all this stuff that we use and we consume and the way that we live. I'm always I think about that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um I do. And I'm happy when someone like Boyan Slot comes around that has like a real legitimate solution that could be implemented at large scale and could eventually be a gigantic solution. Not only that, but a source of resources. So but what we about can just take sustain- this plastic yeah. and this plastic instead of being a detriment can be used to work at certain things maybe the money could be used from the sale of that plastic and it would go to charitable causes maybe it could actually be a, a positive net benefit to the earth well, if why, someone comes along with some technology they could do that why do we have in this country an argument about the future of energy in the way that we live and how to create a better renewable future like i have no idea why we're arguing everybody wins we're gonna make a, a shitload of money the argument is that if you invest in a Green New Deal, that that is a socialist idea. That's a bad idea in any way. No, everybody will get rich or we're all going to die. I don't think that's what the problem is. What do you think is. of that binary? Well, uh, everybody, I don't it's think not we're every- going to die either. I think fear mongering is not helping anybody either. I think, I think just, you're right about things that. Things are going to get shittier. I mean, I think that's probably why Trump wanted to buy Greenland. He's like, I got an idea. That was let's get up there. And such a move. See, well, it would have been amazing if he pulled it off. However much time got spent. The corner. It was brilliant because it came out of nowhere too. Well, because he really knows how to play the media. Yeah. He's like having a bad day. He's like, I buy Greenland. How does that sound? Okay, sounds pretty then, good. And then we talk about it all day. On the radio and on yeah. TV, and it's like, well, we just lost everything that you and I just discussed. All yeah. these really important issues. Not really. I think if we're gonna. People are gonna solve a lot of the problems. It's gonna be thoughtful people that are sure. geniuses that are gonna figure out a lot of our problems. Are gonna solve them. Doesn't mean we should give up. And I think there's gonna be a way that they're Completely gonna be able agree. to extract carbon from the atmosphere. They have many different prototypes and many different theories that they're working on right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean to sound negative. I'm on board with yeah. with solving the problem. I just don't want to argue. I don't want to argue about the problem. I want to have really thoughtful discussions about yeah. the solutions and how we can do it. But you know, fossil fuels have to go rapidly. Yeah. The problem is also that... The, I don't know how you do that, this, but they have to go rapidly. It's the pro- hard. The problem is also that the the conversation has become uh, t- ideologically driven. Yeah. Right? If you're on the left, you think climate change is of the utmost importance. If you're on the right, you're supposed to at least slightly dismiss it as... I think we, that's a that's a bizarre binary. Of course, it's, it's the most yeah. important thing. But it's what every, we do with everything. What we do with abortion, what we do with murder. What yeah, we but do the with planet, everything. it's the planet. I understand. That's how I, I always put it like, yeah. people will be sensitive about sexism or racism. Oh, easy for you to say, white guy. No, I'm not dismissing what's most important directly to you. I'm looking at it in the aggregate of our species. Uh, it's the planet the emergency bells are ringing. We have to stop burning fossil fuels. We have to. Dude, it burns here every couple months. Like crazy it's burns. Horrific. Like it's horrific. It's like evacuated. what we think of a hellscape should yeah. look like on film. Where yeah. You guys are living through it. Dude, I've been here for 20 plus years. 25, I think. 25 years. It's never been like this. Where every four or five months, a fire erupts. And there's a feeling that you have when a fire erupts that's real weird, man. Explain it, because I think it's important to I've people. I've been evacuated three different times. And um, there's a feeling that comes over you. Like, first of all, there's, uh, in my case, I can only speak for myself, there's uh, a releasing of any, um, like, you don't, no importance is attached to anything other than your kids and your wife. And you're and you know just get the fuck out of there. Yeah. The dog, whatever you got to do, get the fuck out of there and realize. Look, 
you're a human who's doing well living in the United States of America. You already got four aces. Just get the fuck out of there. Stay alive. Don't worry about your house. Don't worry about your car. Just get out. Go. That's number one. And two is the the intense fury of nature. And when I saw the, the last ones when I got evacuated last year, um, our fucking neighbors, three of the houses burnt down uh. right across the street from my house. So here's my house, this house, this house, this house are gone. And there's hundreds of houses all throughout Malibu. There was like 600 houses burnt to the ground, man. And it's a fucking terrifying scene. There was a woman, we played a video. There's a woman who was trying to drive to go get her horses. And she was driving through, driving through a firestorm, screaming and filming it at the same time. Uh. And the fucking What's embers she doing are filming flying it? across. I think she had one of those dash Why? cam things on. Why? Oh, well, I People mean, have those. So but you're talking about uh, a community, one community out here, and you're talking about really affluent people, so they should care. They're no, homeless, their property. Or, yeah, but the, I'm the talking Malibu, about Katrina. Yeah. And, like, it's hurricanes, it's wildfires. And the impoverished nations are suffering the most because they're burning the most fossil fuels and they have the least resources. And we, meanwhile, are having everything we want. And I think that that's like also kind of just a holistic spirit. We should have, we should use less. It's a f philosophical debate for sure. Sure, but we should have it. We can use less and be happier, even in so many different ways. Yeah, I'm not okay. sure. I don't think that's going to stop the fires, though. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> the fires are coming because it's getting warmer. Look, man, no, it's, it's climate change is the issue I'm yeah, talking about, yeah. and it's and it's pe it's, but it's people using living. less. It's like maybe yeah but sustainability the, the problem, reusing the I mean, problem is gigantic. The problem course. needs to be addressed on a global scale. Green it's, New Deal. It's the whole thing. It's not addressed on a global scale. China and India and all these other countries that are still polluting at a fucking rapid rate, they're not contributing to this Every one of those countries is in the Paris climate. Yeah. Every one of them. Mm -hmm. Only we aren't. Yeah. And we just made it official. And it's a dagger to the planet. But do not give up and fight every day to create solutions and care about it. That's what we should be in the streets for. Read Bill McKibben. Read. Oh, I don't know if we need to be in the streets for this, but I think you're right. You don't think this that we should a, a be giant, out in the streets? Do you think that's really going to stop people from burning coal? Do you think that's going to stop people yeah, from. Yeah, I think it's working. Uh, I think the well. divestment movement has worked really, really effectively. Mm -hmm. 350.org is a very effective organization to get the fossil. Right, but you're talking like I'm arguing with you. I'm uh, sorry. I mean, I'm not. Dude, I, I mean, I think my we're all that's my, on this together. Joe, okay. that's my tone. I'm sorry. No, it's I'm, okay, no but way. it's like whenever I say something, you're, you're talking. Like, what we're, we're, we're talking about here is there's Forgive a bunch me. of different solutions, yes. but no one's arguing with you saying don't do that one or don't do this one. What I'm saying is we got a, a real gigantic problem yes. globally. Yes. And to just do less is not going to stop these fires. Do le we, We're already in it. It's already happening. Like, we have to figure out the a way to protect ourselves. You're absolutely right. That's actually probably the, the smartest thing that either of us has said in this conversation. It's my issue, obviously. Yeah, we have to adapt. We have yeah. to find solutions to adapt and uh, ways to live. And that's what I'm talking about in terms of sustainability and biophilic design and architecture and just infrastructure in general. Like, we have to, to do that. I feel we like that's our responsibility to, to our kids. We have to be mobile. You know, one of the things that always freaks like me nomads. out. Nomads. Well, I study a lot of ancient history. And uh, I'm really interested in uh, these civilizations that they find, like when, you know, like uh, they, they, for some reason, like a storm uh, takes away some water and moves to a different place. They find some structure underneath the water they didn't know existed before. And you realize, like, oh, Jesus, there was a city here at one point in time. Right, right. That's happened several times Pompeii? throughout history. Yeah, I mean, th that's a good one. That's a volcano one. Yeah. But there's a bunch of these places that used to be 
like during the time of uh, the Bering Land Bridge, right? There was the the water right. was much lower, and that was only like what was that? 12, I don't know, thousand years ago, I think. There was when a, the a continent whole north country. And- like people don't know that that was a goddamn country. There was a country that that, that the way we describe it today. Wait, there's a nation Syria. of people living. No, they called it the Bering Land Bridge. Wasn't was that a between- place called Beringia? Mm-hmm. Like I didn't even know this. I was I'm listening to this book on tape by my friend Steve Ranella about. Um, it's called the American Buffalo. I think it's called the American Buffalo. Sounds awesome. Is that what it is? It's an amazing book, but it's about the history of um, wildlife and Native Americans and what changed and like that these people who migrated here from Siberia, how long it took them to do it and that it wasn't even migration. We think of it as migration, but it wasn't. They were just following food and it was a slow process over thousands of years. But we think of it as like they're going across a bridge. It wasn't a bridge, man. It was a fucking country. Well, that's what's happening. There was so little, look how big it was. There was so little water because of the ice age right that there you could walk through this Beringia area it was fucking thousands of miles wide so like in, it was huge one of the issues in, in central america is just what you're describing it's climate change right now in central america the coffee growers can't grow their coffee they can't grow move. drugs by the way right. and they can't grow their coffee so what are they doing what you just described yeah. they're walking up to- through mexico and they're being demonized the only thing they're guilty of is they can't grow their crop well, we, we have this thing that like we're that's, doing But now. that's because of climate change. Forgive me. That That's because yeah. the, the soil down there is drying up. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. And it's forced migration. And talking about adaption, to me, that's the most interesting thing about what your point was. about adapt- How do we adapt to people migrating away from these areas that are – and how do we live in America on the coasts and in California? Like, that's really – You're going to have to move. All those assholes that have houses Upstate on the New York, beach baby. and those, those pokey things that stick into the ground. The stilts, the giant. Those yeah, are hilarious. Yeah. What is like, – what Who's buying that house? (laughs) Those houses are like 10 million bucks, man. I feel that way by, uh, to some extent, by even going up in like a sky rise at Sirius XM or to the 37th floor. I'm like, this is silliness. Silliness. Why am I all the way up in the sky? I don't want to work. That brought me a sense of, of unhappiness and and incompetence. I don't want to live. I don't want to work or live in the sky. These people mm. live way up. I don't Scary. like that. It's great I live view in the- though. That view is sick. Yeah, but it can really give you a little brain tingle and make you excited about writing. You're like, look at that. Like all those people. Like, ah, I'm so high up here. Ants everywhere. Yeah, ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like anytime you sure. get some sort of surge of ideas, it can be translated into some sort of a push of creativity. Always. Yeah, and sometimes it's lovely a, when it happens. A great view is a kicker. It kicks you in the balls and gets had- going. Uh, I, I think uh, like what's your best one views I'm like where you've had person. one of those I'm oh. a mountain person I love mountains I fucking love it man fuck paintings paintings can suck a dick oh is that right I like looking at mountains is that right you won't I mean paintings are cool I like paintings but will you know, fill with artwork yeah what I'm saying is that to me there's no comparison like a mountain view with a no. lake in the background no. that to me is like whatever it is about my DNA that to me just just where's the where's draws the best, me in where's the place you were in nature that you felt the most just happy connected oh, I've felt it a lot of different places great answer but I'm a, first of all I'm a big fan of uh, Colorado's mountains I'm a big fan of the, the mountains of Utah I just I love, I love mountains that uh, park in Vancouver was for me Park in Vancouver. Have you ever been in that, that big park? It's like part city. Shame. Could you look up mm. that? I'm so so it's like bigger than like Central Park. Yeah, I think it's bigger. I think the same guy might have designed it. Oh. But it's got beach, that's mountains, such a good move. lakes. 
That's one of the best moves about New York City. They got a giant park in the middle of it. That so was a brilliant. Smart. The guy who designed is a fascinating oh, guy. I forget his name. That's so but. smart. It changes everything. Yeah. When you're in that park, you're like, I know this is bullshit. And it's not really nature. I found myself it's like nature trapped, but it's good enough. It's good enough. There's by the way, trees that was and so dirt. well described. Yeah. Nature trapped. I feel yeah. that way. It's by the way it's why not, I, don't, I feel on resorts. When I go to resorts, I'm like, this isn't it. Yeah. This is not. Turks and Caicos, right yeah, here. Yeah, n- nature is only nature when it's connected to bears and shit. I, like if you just keep going in the woods, something can eat you. If it's not, then it's nonsense. Yeah. And what you're in in Mad- well, there's one thing though. They do have coyotes now in Central Park, which is really amazing. What is the concern about them? We've well, got coyotes. Wolves. Yeah, but what they're are they doing? Wolves. And people are like, they're they're we get like coyote alerts. And they'll bite your kids. Were they really? Look Forgive my ignorance, folks. If you just lost your dog to a coyote, now I feel like a douche. Well, people's kids. Do yeah. get bitten well, and I mean they will they will tell, take people out upon occasion. But a woman I mean, who was nineteen years old in Vancouver, in fact, was killed by uh, Stanley a Park. pack of man, um, pack of uh, coyotes. Shit happens. You I know, that but video? that's why you yeah. worry about them in your city. Yeah. You don't want them eating your kids. Fair enough. You you actually answered Look at my that question. fucking park, man. That it's park beautiful. is uh, uh, where I had an experience. I mean, I agree with you. The mountains and the Rockies in general, Colorado has got to be. Yeah, parks me. are close. That's close because it's kind of like attached to the water. You know, the ocean's there and you got all the trees and shit. Oh, man. The real deal place. for me, though, is like when you're out in real yeah. wilderness and you run into real wild animals. No human hear, creations is yeah, my, is yeah, my, yeah. my, I want to see no, yeah. and nothing that's created by a human. That's yep. my full heaven. Yeah. That's just, where I'm most at peace. There's something about like a campfire and, you know, you're staring up at the night sky and you're cooking dinner with your friends and just no one around for miles, man. It's just, just peace. Rolling down quiet. the Allagash in a rolling Thurlow canvas just, kayak, just fly fishing away, stars. not catching anything. You just see stars. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you not want to catch anything? You no, that's things. what happened to me. Oh. I, I, I was the, 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 the place that I went in Maine that we're describing oh, way out. And we went on a fly fishing trip where I, I learned how to fly fish and caught zero. Maine's tricky. There's a reason why Stephen King's from Maine and every one of his books is horrific. <laughs> what, why, what is it? It's horror. Up there. What is it? I There's got this no scar people. in Maine. I split my finger there. There's no people, man. There's no people. Right. Like the, a, a bunch of comedians, me included, had a joke. We would do bits about how you drive from Boston, and there's this one stretch before you get to um, uh, Bangor, where Stephen King lived. Where I did a gig there. there. Huston n- College. N- yeah. No radio. There was no radio. Yeah. You would hit the scan button, and you would never find a signal. And you're like, what? And you, there was a full hour. I think it was 60 miles or so, 55 miles or so, where there was no gas stations. So you'd get gas, and then you're on your fucking own for an hour of driving. Love it. And it was weird, man. But it, there was something about the people that you would run into along the way. They were, it was disturbing. They didn't but, have enough contact with people. You know how like people get rickets and they get scurvy when they don't get vitamin C? Well, people get some weird shit when they don't meet enough people. When you're just out there in the woods with your uncle and your cousin, and that's it for your whole life, and then all of a sudden you're 24, listen to me. That ain't a good combination either. That's That weird. is a and really great idea for a bit. Mm-hmm, I mean, but, that guy, his social problems when he comes into Fifth Avenue, yeah. he's got some weird interactive or lack of social. Yeah. It, but, he didn't it, get the right diet. But that being said, now the measurement isn't can you get a radio connection is does your phone still work and yeah. i think everybody should i mean it's very dangerous so not everybody should but you should if you can go with a guide like that's real to me that's 
real human connection. Yeah. That's where where we're supposed to be. And you should have that experience. We're so connected to our screens. That's, I feel like that's got to be bad, but the research is not... That we're connected to our screens. It's yeah. going to be bad. It's, it's an kinda, interesting it's, conversation. No, but the research is pretty solid. It's you bad think? from yeah. You've read Jonathan Haidt's work about it. I've read the Coddling of the American Mind. You should read it because uh, it's Gene really interesting. It's really interesting because yeah, we discuss Jonathan Haidt. Yeah, he's great. He, okay, but Sorry. it shows the consequences of these young kids. They're getting involved in these screens. You think that's any different with us as adults to be indoctrinated into this world of social media and constantly on our screens? They're showing a direct correlation, particularly with young girls. They're very vulnerable yeah. because of the pressures of social media yeah. and people talking shit about each other. I've seen it. Dude. I got Isolation, a 14 and 12 year old. Bullying. And you're seeing a big uptick in self-harm, big uptick yep, in yep, suicide. Yep. These are measurable I think the data. I think the data is pretty good on it. I'm not. I'm not quite sure. You mentioned uh, the data is Jonathan better than he wrote climate that book. change. It's as good as it gets. The data shows a clear line. I don't know line. about that. I think it's Dude, a different it shows type. a clear line from yeah. the invention of the iPhone yeah. to. But massive- that could just be a correlation. With something else. What a coincidence that smartphones who every fucking kid who's 11 years old and up now has a smartphone. I wouldn't. And every kid that you're looking at from before had a, a giant decrease in it suicide. May be. A giant decrease. It may be it's right. I would push back strong. on that it's stronger than climate science. It's pretty fucking strong. It's, okay. Yeah. I think you're probably right. I, I certainly want to do something about it. And I think it's a really important issue. That's why the, you know, connecting to nature is the answer to that. And I mean, my kids have their phones in their faces all the time. I think it's terrible for so many different reasons, but I'm just not sure exactly. Number one, our, our generation of parents really struggling with how to solve that. I mean, what do you do? Well, now we're admitting it's real, okay? So admitting it's a problem. Oh, so there is I real data. I completely admit it's a problem, and I do I, think there's I don't a lot of data. If, I'm just not sure about it. I don't know if going to the woods is going to help it. It's going to make you feel a little bit better while you're in the woods. But I don't think it's going to right. overall. You're not <laughs> There's a problem having these goddamn devices where you're yeah. constantly addicted and checking it, and you're getting these little dopamine hits. Yep. Yep, Jonathan Haidt wrote that with, I think, or he wrote a book about that with Lenore Skenazy, who also advocated that this is the problem with, you know, parents being worried about their kids too much. Sure, helicopter parenting. Yeah, yeah Jonathan yeah. Haidt talks about that too, letting yeah. kids, you know, he's you talked got to about his your... own fear of letting his own kid walk his way home. and you know, Yeah, his, yeah, it's real. His kid was real young and he got lost and it was terrifying for a but, short amount of time for them. Yeah. But he built a life scale probably. Yeah, he didn't maybe. Die. You know, it's... um. It's all an interesting conversation about who we are now versus who we used to be, and is it better? I think our, uh, yeah, I don't know. I th- it's a fascinating conversation. I do think that our generation, like our kids, have we have more of a disconnection to what their experience is than any generation before us. That's my argument. I don't know if that's true, but like, what did our parents have? TVs. What do we have? Upgraded TVs, more channels, mm-hmm. you know, microwaves. But, you know, it, nothing, it was a gradual change. Telecommunications gradually changed from beepers to phones. But then, bam, back to Moore's Law, and it's just, and how do we react to all this? How do we parent in this? How do we live in this? People are dying looking at their phones yeah. and their cars. A lot of really serious consequences about them. I, I kind of like, wish we didn't have them in a way. I don't know. Um, but there's no going Moore's, back. It's Moore's Law specifically deals with problem processors, honestly, I think. I don't think it specifically it deals it with technology. I don't think technology. it can. No, 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 no. But the I argument it, is that I think technology is I think it only connects to processors because I don't think they could really, they could really measure uh, innovation that well because things come along like splitting the atom. Like, you know, there's things that come along that just fucking throw a monkey wrench. It's a great, whole, yeah, great point. 
I don't. Yeah. I just. I, I don't know if there's a benefit that we're not quite aware of. Because I think one of the things mm. that's happening is people are way more aware of virtually everything. We can complain all day that we have less freedom in terms of our ability to joke around about things, and people are more restrictive with language, and all these things are true. But isn't it interesting that this is something that's happening, right? So there's a there's a pushback. So we're feeling this uh, rejection of certain types of words that we always like to use. <laughs> we're feeling this rejection with certain behaviors that a lot of specifically men took advantage of. We're seeing this this giant change. Well, why are we seeing this thing? This giant shift is because of social media and these technologies Agreed. that we're talking about that create problems. So the question is. Will this ship right itself? Like, are these corrections eventually going to lead, live, lead to a better society? Are we going to be more uh, understanding of each other once we get over these initial growing pains, which is what we're going through right now as a culture, as a society, yeah. getting accustomed to these devices? and these devices and the connectivity that they have. Are we going to get more responsible with them? Are we going to be nicer to each other through it? We're going to recognize as we get older that, hey, you know, being shitty to someone on social media is just like being shitty to someone in person. Yeah. And we shouldn't support either thing. And then, more. and then we develop this sort of ethic. Yeah, it's a really important set of questions you just asked about social media's effect on us. I would pinpoint one just for people to watch this intelligence square debate that you would love because mm -hmm. given your conversation that you have with people is i think it was the motion was is twitter specifically good for democracy or does it create democracy right. and i was on the side of yeah it does get and i would cite examples like egypt and even china and different places where people in iran where people use twitter right. to rise up but the the argument was it's worse because on twitter a lie travels so fast, so rapidly, and it's so believable that it creates more damage about things that didn't happen and, mm. and conspiracy okay. theory than it also, you know, it, it's a little of both, obviously, in terms of it creating democracy. You would think more speech on Twitter, it's equal, creates more democracy. How could you argue with that? until you hear the other argument, which is fascinating about how much disinformation travels and how effective it is. Well, my answer, I think, would be the same as my answer about technology, that I'm not necessarily sure it's all bad. And I think we're going through some growing pains, but I think we go through some growing pains with virtually every new changing thing. And That's think, the argument that economists make. Um, uh, I don't, you're talking about how it affects us, but the e economic yeah. argument is interesting in terms of, is it Andrew Yang's argument? Is it is the rapid uh, technological transformation in this in, gonna the, in the planet going to lead to a jobless society? Basic income, right? I don't a, know about a that. jobless society. And ec economists are, have always argued what you're saying. Did the mm -hmm. cotton gin put the farmer out? Did right. the, the horse put the car? All that. But the new argument that I hear from a lot of people who are a billion times smart, I'm not smart. All these people are you know experts. They study this stuff. Is mostly yeah. This is way different. The rapid change and it's absolutely automation is going to kill economies around the world. Well, the numbers are crazy. Now stop and think about you, right? You're a smart guy who's gotten had a successful radio show. You do stand. This is going to hurt in the end. No, you now are in this position where you have to adjust because you've been released from your job. Yeah. Right. Yep. But you have options now. Imagine you're a truck driver. And imagine that's all you've ever been, and you're 60 years old, and all of a sudden, they come along and say, hey, man, we have these self-driving electric trucks that never crash into anything. We don't need you anymore, and you don't have any skills. Well, you don't have any other way to make a living. You, the angst that you feel right now, imagine that squared. I could not agree more with you. My perspective is mine alone. We see things as we are, not as they are, and, and, and thinking about, and this is, I always talk to this about that's my daughter. That's a good expression. 
Yeah, my, my wife painted that. It's a good expression. Put it up on our, on our wall. And so my experience, for, it's only relative to me, but you have to widen your perspective to understand uh, some people are struggling to just get toilet paper and right. understanding that. And your point, though, about the, the truck driver, his skill set is narrow. And maybe his education, his grit, maybe he doesn't know how to network. He doesn't know right. how to use the internet. He doesn't know how to, but he did a valuable job. And if he's going to lose his job at 63, I don't want to live in a society that worked hard, guy worked hard his whole life. And by the way, he's paying more as a percentage of his taxes as a truck driver than most of these guys in the financial industry, which is a complete injustice. Right. You know, tax on your work. How much work are you doing? But... This guy should not have to go struggle and learn a new job. He's 63. Let him ride into the sunset. Give him yeah, a life yeah, right now. I'd pay for that. That sounds If you romantic. get screwed out of your job with a technology credit system government where we take care of those people. It sounds romantic. Yeah. It, it sounds bullshit. wonderful. But here's the problem with that. It doesn't make people feel good to just get a check. People right. feel like shit. Absolutely. You want to have absolutely they get depressed. That's and by see you purpose. saying ride off in the sunset, that's a use of euphemism for death. You're going to die. I mean, you're, you're no, being go, cute. For me, it's you're let me go it be like my... the end of On Golden Pond, but it's not. That <laughs> no, guy's going to no. shit himself and die. No, no. He's let him go screaming. fish and hunt. Okay, that's great, but he's not going to be able to do that. He's going to be scratching and clawing to get through life. If you're getting $1,000 a month, that's not enough to exist. The well, how do you feel about income, it, by the way? How do you feel about it? I like it. Yeah. I like the idea you think it's I'm open-minded. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think we should have all possible options on the table because... What's happened in our lifetime from 1994 with, you know, give or take a few years, which is the invention of the, the commercial version of the internet, right? With all those the AOL and all those things that people used, it basically all started sort of blossoming around 1994 with mass use. I like your jazz hands. But we, here we are in 2019, yeah. so that's not that long. That's 25 fucking years, and the world is an unrecognizable place. People have devices in their pockets all the time. You're recording everything. Think about all the shit that Snowden figured out, that they're recording every yeah. goddamn phone call you make, every photo you take, every email you send. Everything's being recorded in a database to use against you someday in the future. We have no idea what 25 years from now is going to look Agreed. like. If we really believe that we don't need universal income, and then it turns out we do, we fucked up. Oh, no, we have to. We should, I think we have to do it. I think we it. should look at all options yeah. on the table. I don't know if it's the right option. Yeah. And I think humanists, people that understand human nature. They need a sense of purpose. People need it's something. A great argument. Yeah. I completely agree. Well made. And by the way, when you say, you know, I'm open-minded about it, like, that's the conversation. That yeah. has to keep being the conversation. You and I have gotten into a couple of, like, arguments about little things. And that's, it was awesome. I learned, like, your point of view. That's the conversation. And the idea that somehow, you know, there's got to be a beat down and, and, and one person has to win and it has to be yeah, a competition dunk it's on just, each other <laughs> yeah it's i mean it's entertaining but that's the problem but it's it's clicks and likes and it's valuable but what do you think about the idea that the the automation is the main driving force putting people out of work not this idea of immigration well, i think some of it is true and some of that mindless work is also soul-sucking. So you're saving someone yep. from some assembly line job that makes them want to fucking shoot themselves. <laughs> I think both those things are true. Yeah. I mean, I think we're looking, again, for a binary answer here when it's a very nuanced issue filled with complexities and a lot of issues. And people like to have something to do. But the problem is sometimes people get beaten down by life. And again, they're 60 X, whatever it is, years old, and they don't know what to do. And then they can't live the same lifestyle that they had when they, they had a job. Because when they had a job, they were making $1,000 a week. Yeah. You know, they're making yeah. 50 grand a year. And now all of a sudden they're making $1,000 a month. So you can kind of live. But what, how do you live? I, you that's know? why I got to plug my podcast. 
what? You mean that you got to get to work? From riding off into the sunset? Yeah, I mean, like, so I can work. I, you know, you want to work. You want to yes. do work. I completely agree with that Listen, argument. I don't have three jobs because it's healthy. I have three jobs because I'm crazy and because I need to stay busy, and also because I don't trust any one of these things to stick around. And I, do you really not? You no, know, you never now? have, never have, what, never now? will. Now, come on, that's never, irrational. Never have, never come will. Come on, no, never have, never will. What do you need? What, just I don't need anything. I don't think that way. I think now I'm doing it. Do, while I can do it, do it, do it, and do the best you can. It's going to vary. Some days I suck. Some days I'm better. It's going to vary. Yeah. But do the best I can. Yeah. Keep doing it. But don't think it's going to last forever, and don't think it's going to go away either. Don't think about it at all. But it could go away. What do you the internet you- could go away. Everything oh, can go away. Well, yeah. People get pulled off of YouTube all the time. You get banned from things. Right. Things happen. Weird shifts take place. Some of them are illogical. You know, people get banned for saying the most pr- ridiculous things. What they- weird shifts are that are illogical? I'm not following you. What talking about internet shifts? internet yes. banning? Sure. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Well, do you know who Megan, uh, what is her name? Megan Murphy? She's a, w- a woman who's a turf. I've talked about her too many times this oh. week. Trans exclusionary rea- uh, radical feminist. Don't and about she it. doesn't think that trans women are women and they should, I, I hope I'm not paraphrasing paraphrasing here she don't think she doesn't think that they should vote and speak on women's issues and that real that women are women who are biologically women and then you have a a trans woman who dominates women's issues she thinks it's fucked up and her her this is her perspective she wrote on twitter a man is never a woman they told her you have to take it down so she took a photo twitter did they told her she has to take it down so she took a photo of it and reposted that photo she took a screenshot reposted the screenshot then they banned her for life so that to me i have no patience for that and i I had not heard about it but that's that's crazy that's crazy that's not no how's that creating thought talk about it progressive nonsense ideology now you can label it i mean that's what it is that's what it is it's ideology yeah but i think everybody has has these i don't want to hear that i want to shut down speech i don't like things right but there are some people that are really consistent about i like to think i am but only social media companies have the power to decide whether or not gets to express whether or not a person gets to express themselves to an unlimited amount of people. Well, like it's that. an interesting. And if you tell them that based on your ideology, which most people don't agree with, mm-hmm. based on your ideology, they have said enough that something that merits you taking away their ability to express themselves, then I think you open up a real discussion, much like the Second Amendment discussion mm-hmm. about the First Amendment. That what are we doing here? What is this? And what is free speech? And is this a town hall? And Jack Dorsey from Twitter believes it's a town hall. He thinks everyone should have the ability to express themselves. But that, like everything, well, is fucking complicated and messy. It certainly is. Nadine Strassen, who I think used to be something at the ACLU, wrote a book about speech and about how in Germany you're not allowed to fly the swastika. And they have censorship on speech. Yeah. And that it's not effective for any of the outcomes that it's intended for. They also make a lot of shit porn. Is that right? Germany. The Germans like, yeah, do? Yeah, they like the, the, Could you, is there anyone to plug or... Um, I don't think I know any names, but okay. for whatever reason, a lot of shit. That's a thing? Shit porn. That's not a thing. I, uh, I try to be very open-minded, but I don't, I don't understand. I'm not going to You don't be. have to understand it. You know, I don't. Some, but you allow people to do it, right? I would never allow people to think about, of course. Yeah. That's it's a, a weird that's, one, right? A weird, it's. Yeah, a, people want shit in people's mouths and, oh, and, and f- cut, smother themselves in shit and have but sex that's with a, each other. My instant reaction is what went on? What's that about? Oh, hell yeah. Where's that? I, wanna, I want that story. Yeah. I want that script. How do you yeah. get to to that? That sounds very abusive and it sounds oh, for sure. For like sure. It's, it's a tough thing to talk about. But no, uh, the idea 
of censoring speech backfires. It's just not healthy. I, but I, I think people should be generally sensitive and not assholes at the same time. But it's also this but I'm not thing gonna, you know, about someone saying something in print that you read on Twitter. It's like you can't even say anything back to them. You make that You can argument, make your own yeah. comment, but you're, you're like, fuck, this is such a shitty way to talk. It's poison. Yeah, it's a shitty way Unhelpful. to communicate. Yeah. I don't engage in it anymore. I, I'll post things up that I think are interesting. Like, How did you uh, evolve on it? Just decided it's not like these arguments are not, they make you riled up. They're not healthy. They're not, they're, they don't, they're not. Uh, I told my daughter, hold on. I'm arguing with someone on Twitter. Said it out loud. And I was like, oh, I'm the shittiest. Yeah. That's the shittiest thing that uh, I could be doing. I just think right it's now. also, it's what? unmanageable when you get to a certain number of followers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, just I can't. Don't. I just, there, there's but. no way you can and it's also people are just like they're fucking in their cubicle they're just trying to get a rise out of people they're angry they're shit they're bored you can't expect that everybody's existing in the same vibration that you are I woke are. up to a tweet that said you're a pitiful person mm. I was like oh don't good, read that good morning bro you're not that guy's a liar no no I'm he not he doesn't even I, know you I, that's I, the it, thing I, it doesn't phase me at all but it's it just, shouldn't the, it doesn't it's, it is fascinating that someone would write such a thing it is but it but isn't but I'll click on him and be like I wonder what his deal is. Oh. Clearly, he's projecting, and yes. I'm worried about. I wonder what happened to that guy. You and then you look at their well, you look at their picture, and then you decide everything about their life. Do you ever look like this is another thing, reason I can't run for Congress? I think like I want to keep doing stand up, and I want to talk about things like. You ever look at a guy like the guy I rented the car from yesterday at LAX? I thought about how much he jerks off for a little while. I never think about that. I I will sometimes look at a guy but like I bet that guy is and good for him and whatever. But that kind of uh, I don't know why I brought that up. I'll think about that now. Every well, you person brought up I shitting yeah. in the mouth, but the dude, ad- I watched a video once of this no, lady. No, this don't lady describe it. Was uh, really into. She's gonna do it. Guys shitting in her mouth, and she uh, she was speaking in German, and they was translating it to English, and she was talking about all of her experiences and when the first time a guy did it, and what what kind of diet she likes a guy to follow when he shits in her mouth. And I'm like, okay, this is not pleasant. I'm not enjoying this, but honestly, and this is like, it's a, a kind of a, a dumb thing to talk about, right? But here's why it's not. Human that, psychology? That, yeah, that's a person. That yeah. was a baby. Yes. You, you have daughters. Yes. I have daughters. Yes. That was a baby. You try not to fuck and them up. All of a sudden, this baby is 50, and she likes guys shitting in her mouth, and she wears like lingerie. The bar for parenting should be somewhere you know around no shitting on other people like you, then you know you've succeeded and but by what the if way you get a lot of money for it like robert when was that dude's name robert redford indecent proposal with demi Moore. Remember oh a million dollars yeah. i want to put myself out there right now yeah shit on oh. your chest for a million bucks please tweet me it's not that long i've like, got how a long I, can a guy shit on you i've got a number <laughs> what's your number that's a what is your number? Would you rather get shit on slowly every day as a clerk at Dunkin' Donuts or one giant load on your chest that is like a really rough afternoon? Not even an afternoon. It's like an hour. Hit me with a giant you, load. You shower up. I think everybody says hit bar, me. Rounds on me, boys. I just became a millionaire. Got you shit on your chest. So what's, like you're, you're impending, or it's like saying that it's solid. What if it was like a diarrhea? Chipotle, you do whatever you gotta do. If hot, someone, a lot of variables. Whatever, let them shit all over you. Splatter. All that salt water. As long as you have goggles on and you you get to close your mouth. There's a lot of a lot of things. <laughs> Stain. When those thought experiments come up, I'm always like, you wouldn't like you wouldn't kiss a guy. Never. Told my dad this. For how much money? I was what, like, Dad, what, a million what bucks. Go- what if he your goes, dad? no. I go, Dad, that's preposterous. That's ridiculous. You got a problem. And then he goes, no, I wouldn't do it. He calls back and he goes, uh, 
he tells me uh, who who he names a guy an old Italian. He's like, I, do, I who's a he goes Paul Sorvino. Okay, that's my answer. Million bucks. He'd make like, out with Paul Sorvino. Everybody would. Because what would you do with that money? You could save other people's lives. You got to do it. Or you could just buy a fur coat and start balling. Either way, it's a million bucks. Yeah. No matter what yeah, that thought experience is. Fly private take... jets until the money runs out. Well, just go everywhere. Party. I don't know if I'd do that. Well, but... I wouldn't either. But I also wouldn't bucks. make out with Paul Sorvino. We're living in this fantasy world. Why does everything have to be ethical and moral? Just have a good goddamn time. White fur. Like snow leopard or some shit, something exotic. What, when you say that, like, what do you mean? Why does everything have to be ethical and moral? Like, you have your moral code. Yeah, man, but I'm talking about making out with Paul Sorvino for a million bucks. That's free money. Oh you don't yeah, have to do don't get me that. wrong. Oh yeah, you don't have to do well, good every, with that. right? Everybody you do should. You want. Whoever you want, of what course. If Paul says, "Listen, you want to make it real shit right ah. on your head? <laughs> Just take a big meaty meatball shit." That's exactly how you imagine it would be. Azul right on your fucking head. Bang. <laughs> Yeah. Extra two. Three million bucks. You got a bad memory of making out with Paul Servino and uh, him dude. shit on your head. But at the end of the day, the guy kept his promise and now you're rich. Did you put me in the best mood I've been in in four weeks, man? Well, that's good. Let's end it with this then. Um, when are you going to start your podcast? Where, where are people going to be able to see it? Like, what do you, what do you think? Podcast is, is up. It's up now. Yeah, I can't. Started I already. can't say it's great. I hope you give me a chance. I'm just figuring it out. I put up one with that guest, Dr. Aaron Carroll, and I talked to Congressman Tim Ryan about running for Congress. How many have you done so far? I'm going to have uh, a third one, hopefully, in the can tomorrow. Excellent. With Emily Atkin, who writes the heated newsletter about climate change. Excellent. But uh, I'm taping a special, if I'm going to plug anything, my hometown. I'm taping a very special spe- stand-up special. A at the very end of, special stand-up special? Very special. I'm going to do a very special thing. What's it going to be for? Do you have a, a, a buyer for it? Are you doing no, it on yourself? No, no. I learned on this show what Andrew Schultz did, and I thought it was brilliant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's nailed it. He nailed it. Schultz I, I, is the I master. I texted him, and I was like, dude. He's the master. I admire what you did. We don't agree on like political, but that's the kind of thing. I'm like, dude. You know, he knows we don't agree. I'm like, I love. That's brilliant. Good job. That's what do you not agree with? About? I, would, I don't know. But I mean, we, he was on the show, and we just argued. But I, about but, politics? I don't even remember. Do you argue with everybody? Yeah. You're a little argumentative? Yeah, it's not a, a good quality. I'm sorry, did I, did I, was I agitating No, you? no, you didn't agitate me. I like you. But you definitely were like, you're, you, you have an argument mode that you fall into. It's bad. It's my, it's my uh, flaw. I hate it. You can get out of that. I'm working on it. Yeah. It can I be think that you could see the totally change. surmountable. Today. Yeah. But, but I mean, it goes back, it goes back and forth. I, you know, I don't want to defend it. I don't want to be defensive, but I feel really, I, ve- I guess I'm very sensitive about a lot of things and so I get passionate and I get that tone and it's the worst thing in a relationship oh yeah I mean like it's not you don't want to be annoying it's like what I said about podcasts you know that's a thing like people hearing your voice it's not just your thoughts right right you're the way you express your thoughts yeah it it changes if you, you express them well in a nice way it changes how people absorb those it sounds so simplistic but it's true. I think when and you talk about how to communicate on your podcast, it's often the, one of the best things you do. I've learned a lot from it. I've been, I've been listening to you talk about trying to understand people and listen to people you don't disagree with. And I'm just sitting there beating myself up. I'm like, I got to be better at that. And the idea that I would get, you know, that I was too argumentative today. It's like, oh, man, I'm sorry. I don't want to. I never want to communicate that way. I don't think it's effective. I, th- I completely agree with your thoughts on it. It's completely ineffective. Well, we get better at I it. I wonder how the pod affected me. Probably got you a little... Jabber jaw on. What do you think? That's when things changed, right? Got a little jabber jaw on when the pot came out. I started out. getting verbose. Yeah. I knew I shouldn't have touched it. Yeah. You maybe shouldn't have had the second hit. That was, I only had one. Mm. I knew. I knew. And this one, you got to stay on the surfboard. Good role modeling. No, dude, it's fine. It's all good. It's like, but I think that 
if I've learned anything from doing this podcast, it's how to be better at uh, at talking to people. I've and learned I, from listening to this podcast how to be better. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like there's an art to it. There's a dance. I completely agree Just with you. Like but dancing you know, with someone, you're dancing with someone in a conversation. They do condition you to be argumentative in, ra- in live radio. All the people who think they know. Oh, the producers and shit. Oh, the program I'm directors. I'm lucky. I never had a job. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's toxic. And I don't, you know, it's a. To- I agree yeah. with you. It's a toxic way to communicate. It's not effective. If you're trying to convince someone, don't do it like that. No, I and, imagine. I mean, imagine trying to go from being a, a cable news broadcaster on Fox TV, like Shepard Smith, yeah. and then have him try to do a podcast. He's in that fake voice no matter what. <laughs> That fake voice is coming out. I mean, they're all doing it. It's like this yeah. is the this is the. You're climate. absolutely right. You're very right about yeah. that, and that's why I think your podcast, by the way, is very. I think it's it's not the sexiest thing to talk about, but it's a huge part of why this discussion is so popular because people like a thoughtful, open-minded discussion. I, I mean, well, whether you agree, like to think, yeah, they, whether they agree. B- that's some what, people pretend they don't, but it's really because they're bored with what they have to do all day, so they don't want to think. But if, you're, if you have some time and you're a curious person, you like to hear other people thinking too, and you like to hear someone who's thinking either in a way like, oh, I would, I would think about that too, or in a way like you hadn't considered, like, oh, this guy's making me think, or this woman's got an idea that I never considered, or this guy's yeah, got I a, think a solution that I never thought was possible. Me- it, yeah. Me- I, I try to measure, pe- I think measuring intelligence is one great definition I've heard is, uh, by how good the questions are. Like, you're curi- are you curious? I've tried to instill and engender my daughter's a, a sense of curiosity about everything rather mm-hmm. than saying, you're going to do it because I'm your father and I said so. But like, I'm going to explain to you why that's... Right. And try to, you know, create critical thinking skills. And that's how I measure intelligence. How good are your questions? You're really curious. You're really... I mean, that's why the art of the interview, learning something, which is what I'm definitely trying to, that's what I did for 12 years in Sirius XM, that's what I want to do with the podcast, getting people who are a billion times smarter than me. I don't know anything about anything. I think it's definitely going to help so you, you too to be free of people's influence, some production people and yeah. executives. Just I worked with some talented also people that contributed good things. But also wondering when the day's going to come like it did, where they yeah. drop the fucking hatchet on don't you. Don't need that ever again. worried about that, have it over your head. Mm-mm. Yeah, you don't Done. So, yeah. what's the name of your podcast? Stand Up with Pete Dominic. Oh, it's the same as your show. You fucking animal. Do you, don't, you, do you own that? Yeah, they let me have Sirius it. Sirius can't, yeah, can't like, sue you? They, they, they you get it in writing? Very gracious. You're talking a lot of shit about them. You get it in writing? I did not talk any shit I about them. I talked a lot of shit about I them. I did not. I think what they did for I me did. was really great. But I think corporate media in general is the conversation. They're all kind of in the same system. I've worked and made money out of all of them. I'm excited to be independent, but I can't deny that they created a, a, a platform for a really thoughtful conversation for 12 years. I can't, it's, it's, you don't have to. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm in that, you know, I, it was a good life for me. Beautiful. So, and now it's on to, you know, the next thing. Now it's on like Donkey Kong. The Syracuse Funny Bone, yeah, November 29th and 30th. Oh shit. PeteDominic.com. Right? Uh, PeteDominic.com. Stand up with PeteDominic.com. Twitter. Instagram. Joe Rogan, I love you. I love you too, buddy. Good luck. I really admire you and what you've done here. Jamie, thank you. You guys are awesome. Bye, everybody. Woo! Shouldn't have taken a second hit. No, it was good, man. You sure? What's the matter, Jamie?